0: Hey there, film fans, I'm Jeff. I'm Dave.
1: And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a part in which we'll challenge one another to discuss
0: movies, both new and old, with strictly positive critical eyes. That's right. And to make this a drinking game, people... <laughs> <laughs> we, decided, right? we, de- we decided We <laughs> decided.
2: to make this a drinking game. We decided to make this a drinking game.
0: That's right. Shit. Yeah. What, what's my line? I forgot my line. Guys, I this don't know. What is your line? This yeah. is our 199th episode. Okay. Next week is our 200th episode. So the lines are getting blurred here. We're getting excited. We're yep. getting giddy. The whiskey's flowing. We got beers here. And the reason we got our beers and whiskey is because we are a positive film podcast. That means we're tired of the stuffy critics harping on the negative. <laughs> It happens to us sometimes too, but if we do, we got to drink. That's the game. Anything negative at all. You're going to hear this sound. Mm. That sound means that we are already. taking a drink and we hope you drink along with us.
2: So, pour yourselves a glass. We're going to wrap up the 2000s in our- uh... The first decade. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Clink, clink, clink. The first Let's decade go. of the 2000s, yes.
0: Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, Obligatory. Ah, that's, that sound you heard shot. was
2: the obligatory shot at the beginning of the show. That's just right. to get us lubed up. Lubed. Get us lubed up. Uh, i got to say lubed Ooh. one more time. There we go.
0: Positive Film Criticism lubed. Podcast. So if you read the episode Ooh. notes, we are in week eight of our <laughs> summer blockbuster face-off, where we take the highest grossing summer blockbuster of every year, and we battle them off head-to-head, bracket-style, until we determine the best summer blockbuster of all time. We started in 1980... We gave Jaws and Star Wars a little bit of a pass into the second round. And we are now entering into the 2010s. So we have a lot of backlogs. Please go back and listen to them. We give you a recap of the year. And then we talk about each film, the highest summer blockbuster of every year. And then we vote. One goes on. One stays in the dust with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Somehow, some people's favorite blockbuster of all time. (laughs) Ours was a round one upset. So much Upset to talk about today. Indeed, so much to talk about. David, John, good to see you, John. You want to go ahead and shout our sponsors? Out? We, guys, we got two sponsors again. Yeah. Oh, he's back. We got him to Carlos. We,
2: he reached out. He reached out. We haven't gotten the beers <laughs> so yet. Fell, he he did. Reach out. I have beers. <laughs> did you Welcome reply back, to him? Because <laughs> Yeah, I did. I replied. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, good, good,
1: good, good. We are talking about the one and only, that. the man, the myth, the legend, Carlos Barozzo, the brewmaster, our beer sponsor, C Barozzo beer If you want to follow him on Instagram and probably other socials, give that man a like and a follow. Welcome back to the show, Carlos. And the music <laughs> on this episode and every single episode is provided by The artist Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. Download all or stream all of their music, rather, at all the usual music platforms. Enjoy yourself. You're welcome. Dasein.
0: Mm. That sound, all right. That voice sounded like you were going to give us the side effects of what happens if you listen to Dasa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speedy, speedy voice.
1: We're wrapping it off. All right. You may experience transcendental flows of meditation. Before
0: we, <laughs> before we get into some notes, at the end of the episode, we'll tell you what we've been watching in our series, What You have Been Watching. John has a whole list of movies that he's been watching. Which I saw is a bunch cool. of shit. But um, you guys saw something that I did not get to see it this week. We'll talk about it in one second. Um, but the, to prep everybody for the movies that we are going to be talking about in a second... We are in 2008 to 2011. So the highest grossing summer blockbuster of 2008 is The Dark Knight, which will be up against 2009's highest grossing summer movie, which is... Transformers (laughs) Revenge of the Fallen. Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. (laughs) What? Dark Knight against Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Which is the better summer blockbuster? You have to keep listening to get the answer definitively once and for all. And then in the the back half of our episode, Toy Story 3, which was 2010's highest grossing summer blockbuster, will be up against 2011's, edging out another Transformers movie, barely, (laughs) Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two monster monster movie. So Toy Story Crazy 3 against kids. Harry Potter. If you want to go ahead and skip to that one or if, you know, you just want to move around our episode, we take the episode notes very seriously and we have timestamps in there that Dave curates for us. Dave does edit produce all of our episodes. Dark Knight Transformers Toy Story 3 Harry Potter. Dave, any news? Do you want to talk a little Mission Impossible?
2: Uh I didn't get to see it this week. Okay, so that's I had just the me. worst schedule ever, and that's you know sorry, sorry Tom, but that's what happens when your movie's three fucking hours long, and I lead a busy life.
0: Oh, mm. Tom, you're not wrong. Um, it was fun that he seems to be he seems to be resigned yet supportive of the Barbie Oppenheimer drop mm-hmm. next week. He's, yes, everybody's saying the same thing, which is it's so exciting that everybody can spend the whole day at the theaters, and I love that they are basically advertising each other. I love the cross promotion. Of um, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, like with their Oppenheimer tickets, and then Killian Murphy and Chris Nolan at Barbie. I think it's super fucking fun and cool, well, they can't and it's on my mom's birthday. Movies. So, <laughs> and they well, they went. To, actually, it was really fun because um, the premiere in LA was the night that the re- the SAG strike was supposed to happen. Which, as part of their guidelines, you're not supposed to promote movies. Mm. So they were basically like they just got it in in time. Like in yeah. theory, they should have left they, the after they, party. They you scheduled
2: know. it an hour early. Is that uh, true? Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. So they could make it.
0: And I heard one more thing. Wait, I know I'm getting chatty here at the beginning, but just one thing about the strike. Everybody's talking about the strikes, but I had a very good piece of advice Because I think a lot of people are already starting to think like, well, if you're in support of SAG and you're in support of the writers Mm -hmm. and you want to go ahead and fuck over the CEOs of all these companies, the best thing to do is start canceling all of your subscriptions. First of all, that would be really bad for our movie podcast. So I don't think we're (laughs) at the point where we can do that. These movies that we saw today were on Disney Plus and HBO, the CEOs of which have been in the news a lot. And so I don't know what we would have done this week if we didn't have those two services. But a friend of mine actually said, because and she's a writer, I think she's in WGA. Because the CEOs of these companies do more than just oversee production of new content. So David Zaslav, right, is the CEO of Time Warner, Is that, or Warner Discovery. And then Whatever Bob Iger is, is the CEO of Disney, right? So yes, like maybe the Netflix CEOs would get fucked if we cancel Netflix. But what would theoretically happen is these C-suite executives who are still getting paid yeah. to not produce content, they are going to go to their board and essentially say, look, we need to scale back streaming. And so they're gonna release their budgets to SAG and say, great, we cut everything in half because of you. So it might actually make things more contentious. So don't cancel your subscriptions until the unions say so. You don't have to
2: cancel Warner Brothers, they're canceling themselves.
0: <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was interesting because a lot of people are like, let's cancel our shit. And actually, that's a really good point because this is the problem with corporate consolidation is that they're doing more than just producing new TV shows. Mm. So if we cancel our shit, they're gonna tell people basically like how Disney's starting to sell off TV. They're gonna they might consider. Just selling off assets and, and allocating and also, smaller budgets, which is not helping anybody. So. If
2: you can't go and see a movie, stream something at home because you've already paid the, the fee for it. And when they finally win and have to back pay those residuals, those numbers oh, that's count. Fine.
0: That's fun. Anything you guys want to say about this, John? You got any insider scoop for being at this? Uh, I hear there's a school that you go to in Los Angeles that's pretty well known. Uh, <laughs> are you getting any insider info on any of this stuff?
1: Nothing nothing too inside, honestly. I think every, everything everybody's reading, it was actually kind of strange leading up to it because it's not that they were being intentionally cryptic, but there weren't a lot of announcements like the night of. So eventually, SAG did put out on its website, because you haven't heard from us, that does mean that tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. What Pacific Coast time, we will meet with within our own board to officially strike. So it was kind of like they didn't really announce. So there were a lot of people who were just texting each other. And, yeah tweeting and doing all that sorts of shit well, like were, after midnight being like what the fuck like i mean they were why, they why were under anything?
2: they were under federal regulation right up until that point right as well which like was they, bullshit. They, they brought in federal mediators yeah
0: yeah it's bullshit
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so, so no no
0: no
1: crazy inside info yet but as you can imagine since then the scrambling word on the town is just it's just going to be really strange just having everything kind of brought to a halt um, the internship I'm at at uh, Mandalay Productions right now, just as an example, without breaking my NDA. You know, everyone who is trying to understand what can still be done to move mm-hmm. business forward while these new rules are in place for what people in SAG AFTRA and WGA can and cannot do. And um, so, in some ways, there are still parts of this business that can move forward and can operate, but everything having to do with production cannot. So, certain people who work in like post-production that I know spe- like just as for instance, they can continue moving forward with workflows because it has nothing to do with yeah. actors or writers. Mm. Um, there are certain packaging yeah. ways to they'll, develop they'll projects. Have, they'll that have no happen, work but... in
2: about seven months. Yeah. yeah. When all the stuff that's yeah, currently so... in post-production runs out and that all the yeah. other fucking stuff isn't finished. So and everybody
1: Brett... is everywhere. And I, w- without giving any other information away, I know of someone uh, who you guys know, and I'll share some more details a little bit later without giving anything else away. Who was just an actor who's a good example who was under a very specific situation where they were up for a part that was going to be a big deal for them. And now, psh, you know, the brakes get hit. So, hey, somebody mine- from that perspective and a lot of perspectives, who knows what's going to happen? Because, yeah. like you said, the finances for all these companies are going to be shifting. What shows are going to move forward after this? How many slates are going to be cut in half? Yeah, exactly. You know, this is all just a big mystery. So the town, I feel like the town right now is kind of like anticipating a crazy change in the way things run. And I think everybody's scared to talk and admit mm. about uh, that we're probably gonna be looking at a world with less content yeah. than before. And, well more and that's reality
2: scary. more that's reality true. TV. For <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is what I'm like yeah. yeah, People are talking about that shit for sure. Well that's what they're doing. All the stream is adding all this reality TV. Well, thank it.
0: god sag and after joined, so that theoretically yeah. a lot of these like hosts and other like big names that aren't necessarily on sag like hopefully it's covered now that it wouldn't have been 20 years ago i, I mean, just my, my favorite was p-
2: my favorite was bob Arger this morning uh i think it was uh saying how it's just ridiculous the stuff they want and they can't very well afford it and he said that from a millionaire's retreat where they had to use their private jet to get to with like zuckerberg and everyone <laughs> yeah fun <laughs> Dave, I love your
0: shirt by the way. It says fix it. And then the words <laughs> in post are crossed out, and it says oh, on set. set. Yeah. Fix it yeah. on set, people. Let's it makes do it a post-production in cruise. Good advice for later. Also, I had a friend, I had a student film a Disney pilot with a lot of kids. And not only did it not get picked up, they didn't even watch it because they were like, There's gonna be a writer strike, and by the time we film episode two, you're all gonna be a year older and it's gonna be useless. So thanks. <laughs> How fun is that? Shit like that. Okay, yeah. cool. Exactly. All right. We're going to we take go. a non-break to play some sign for you, and then we are going to get going with our first battle: The Dark Knight against Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Let's wait, wait, wait! Do wait. It. So you're not going to
1: talk about Mission Impossible? You're I'm the only one who saw it. Anything? I'll wait till the end of the episode. I, yeah, I didn't get to see it. I'll talk
0: about Mission right, Impossible all right, all right. at the end of the episode. People, we gotta wait till the end. Mission Impossible. Let's go. All right, Dave hit the segment timer. That means it's time to go. We got <laughs> Dark Knight, 2008's highest grossing film we're gonna start talking about that first before we segue to Transformers Revenge of the Fallen which is part two in the series 2009 if you're keeping up I think there's like what six or seven of those now if you count Bumblebee all right let's um, talk about 2008 John you got the numbers up there
2: Bumblebee was cool
0: nice I do man Uh, this was uh, what made some money
1: another big year we celebrated like one of our favorite movie years previously with um, in the the last discussion of our previous episode this was also a really great year Dark Knight was clearly number 1 but a uh, a pretty gigantic kickoff here for a little a little franchise known as Marvel uh because coming in at number 2 which also would have been a, considered a summer movie in in our perspective on May 2nd Iron Man holy shit mm. so at the very beginning John Favreau's Iron Man RDJ uh man they kicked it off this <laughs> just just check this I, out though I already watched
2: that recently it still holds up
1: It does still hold up. I think so too. We're living in kind of a weird world though, because obviously, Dark Knight is a superhero movie. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not, but I think we all kind of talk about that movie like it's a little bit more highbrow, and we'll get into that, of course. But just to look at it from these numbers perspectives, domestically for the U.S. that year, domestic, Dark Knight ended up bringing in about five hundred and thirty one million dollars. That's a good. That's a good steal. We talk about Marvel movies nowadays, and. We're expecting at least that. We're ex- we're hoping for closer hmm. to the billion dollar mark. Iron Man was the first of that this giant franchise from this new period, um, phase one, I guess, is what they would call it. Number one of phase one, and it only did three eighteen domestic for that year. That's not so bad for almost- a debut. It's Uh not bad, but it's over two hundred million less than The Dark Knight. So it's just funny, just to put yourself. It's still we're still talking about superhero movies, but just kind of bringing back your little time capsule a little bit and just imagining a world where a Marvel movie, even though it's the first one, did not fucking clean sweep it. Because folks, as you can imagine, we are going to be talking about a lot of Marvel movies moving forward.
0: And just really quick to talk about the worldwide grosses. Dark Knight is number one, of course. It's right around a billion. I think it was under, and then they did a re-release. Iron Man was number eight internationally with $585 million worldwide, because 54% of its box office gross was was in America. That just shows you that we like exported this comic book ex- obsession into movies. Even The Dark Knight, 53% of the total worldwide gross was America. Nowadays, you, I mean, even the Transformer movies, it's like 300 million, and then it's like 1.4 worldwide, because you get all the other markets that- love I, I must admit, movies. I was in
2: Australia when Iron Man got dropped, and I was like, what the fuck are they doing Iron Man for? I'd, I'd seen the cartoon yeah. with the like the really catchy theme and that, that was it. And I'm like, I've never even heard of this character because I you know never threw in with Marvel. I was like, I couldn't believe they did it. And it, it turned out to be awesome. Anyway, yeah. carrying on yeah. about the Dino. Very
1: successful, very successful. <laughs> um, Kingdom, Indiana Jones, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull
0: yeah number two worldwide. came out so oh. we just talked
1: folks we you know anyone who saw that last couple weeks like that's how long ago that was everyone yeah. keeps
0: all the
2: referring the it like jones. it was more recent yeah. all the diehard Ooh, indiana jones batman. Are like, what are you talking batman about and indiana jones that always exist. come out at
0: the same time yeah
1: <laughs> unreal so that's number one two and three batman <laughs> iron man and indiana jones uh then we have some fun movies also in that superhero world hancock i think jeff and i have praised that before on this episode on this show yeah that would, a, was a big swing that thing yeah. big swing yeah and it was also one of the first times i think i had seen bateman in a movie mm. at oh, that yeah. size in a while he plays charlie starren's husband and he's great dry you know yeah. delivering the charm hilarious that was the start uh, of his comeback wally, really,
2: wasn't
1: it? wally. yeah it, well he was i think arrested development was already oh, happening yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah it's he was defined. starting to mo- and uh when was dodgeball 2004 or 5 when did we talk about that oh, yeah, yeah. Hey Patton. You know, of course that shit. You're not wrong. You're uh, not wrong. Wally, Kung Fu, Panda, uh, Madagascar 2, Twilight, the first one. There you go. Another debut this year. Really <laughs> big deal. Still top 10. Number nine, domestically. It's still going through one through nine, one through ten. Number nine, Quantum of Solace, the second uh James Bond with Daniel Craig. And then number 10, Horton Here's a Who. Interesting. Jeff, give us the rest of the context or um,
0: yeah. <laughs> um also note and that some of, a some of these got affected some of these got affected by the last <laughs> writer's strike. So for instance, Quantum of Solace was actually filming during mm-hmm. the last writer's strike, although that was because of the how long it takes. Most of these movies didn't. Very famously Mamma Mia came out at the same time as uh, The Dark Knight. They came out the same weekend in America. And Mamma Mia would go on to be the <laughs> highest grossing film in the UK ever. ever it made almost 600 million dollars worldwide even though it wasn't even in our top 10 because the brits fucking love that shit dude aber is
2: a smash hit over there yeah Yeah. good for them dude Yeah,
0: yeah hell yeah go um euro euro uh whatever that euro contest is um But anyway, uh, The Dark Knight 400 million dollars gross in 18 days. 400 million domestic in 18 days. Shrek 2 did it. Shrek 2 did it in 43 days. So (laughs) it doubled the record essentially in in speed and time. Now, of course, all these records would get broken by Avatar next year. But it's still fun to dream um yada 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 oscars this is the year of slumdog millionaire so slumdog millionaire won eight oscars including director and picture two for writing the scores the writing Mm -hmm. sorry one for writing two for score and sound so there's five out of their eight right there um sean penn wins his second oscar beating mickey rourke for the wrestler marissa tomei was also nominated for the wrestler um kate winslet wins best actress over herself essentially for revolutionary road Wait, 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 wait wait pause you said sean penn won he beat Mickey Rourke for The Wrestler, yeah. Yeah, so what did he win for? It sounded like... The... Oh, sorry, he, he won, won for, for milk. milk. He won for Milk, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Kate Winsett wins for The Reader, and this is really interesting because for the Golden Globes, and I think also for the Sags, she put The Reader in supporting category because Revolutionary Road was her submission for the leading category, but the Academy mm. stepped in and said, no, 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 you're also a lead in The Reader, even though The Boy is the lead, you're also a lead. And so the, she said, Fuck. And so she decided to put the reader in the lead category. And I feel like she just sort of won as a composite. You know what I mean? Like
2: this category pro Exactly.
0: Yeah, get it fired back yeah, up. Exactly. We haven't heard that in a while. But um, yeah, she wins, which was which was really, really interesting. Yada, yada, yada. Um, other performances I'll shout out in a second. And then Heath Ledger won every single imaginable award for the Dark Knight. Um, his family accepted the Oscar. And it was very touching. Penelope Cruz won for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. That's a Woody, Woody Allen script, of course. Dustin Lance Black wins for Milk, yada, yada, yada. Wally, of course, is best uh, animated film. And I really love Man on Wire, the documentary, which won. Um, I think other standouts mm. here. I'm gonna, I am going to keep these tight this week, Dave, I promise. In fucking Bruges, people. In Bruges came out yes, this dude. year. Yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah McDonough. Down. Rafe. Fucking Brendan Gleeson. Farrell. Doubt was this year. So you got Meryl Streep, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams, and Viola Davis giving in some star studded turns. You got Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, and then Tropic Thunder uh, gets Robert Downey Jr. an Oscar nomination. Thunder. Yes, dude. <laughs> in a comedy. How hilarious is that? Other ones, I, I'm going to try. I'm just going to, I don't even want to say all these. Charlie Bart, I'll shout out because Anton Yelkin became a little bit of a star because of that. Cloverfield and Jumper, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. The Strangers is really fucked up. If you guys know that movie, The yeah. Happening, of course, came out this year. Step Brothers and Get Smart got some comedies. Frozen River won a bunch of awards too, and then you get was, weird. You get weird movies like The Rocker and The House Bunny gives us you know Anna Faris, Emma Stone, Kat Dennings. You know, Burn After Reading. I think The Duchess is great if you love your Ray Fines and Kiara Knightley kind of shit. Um, Eagle Eye with Shia. There's a
1: weird little. There's a weird little Kevin Bacon-y kind of game, not with Kevin Bacon, but everybody knows the game. Cloverfield was directed by Matt Reeves. And that was his first big feature film. And he is now helming the Batman franchise. Yeah. And we were talking about The Dark Knight. Pretty fun. All these things are connected. I want to shout out two movies. One we've talked about for sure before. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Tropic Thunder. Uh, Jumper came out this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought that was a cool one. I'm glad you shouted out Tropic Thunder. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to shout out Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah, uh, which I thought was uh, a fun. I'm super happy man. F- yeah, I thought that was a fun movie. He just uh, shatters the
0: that glass with the hammer. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god! All right, Juno, let's. Keep... Oh, sorry, Juno came out Wait, this that's... year. No, didn't
1: it? Or did that? It was no. It came out two- th- uh, des- 2007, December fifth. It's my bad. No worries. Step Brothers. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm All sorry. right,
0: The Dark Knight. We don't need to set this up. What
2: do you guys think? You guys rewatch yeah, it? Yeah, I mean...
0: I,
1: Pineapple <laughs> Express? Did we mention that Sorry.
2: Let's did <laughs> I Did I watch The Dark Knight? Nah, I've seen it enough. I didn't... Re- of course I fucking rewatched it. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's good for you, dude. Good for you. Dude, I did this, this had everything going for
0: it. Sorry, keep going, Dave.
2: Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It, like, in its lead-up, like, we're saying how much, how much money it made, and, it, like, it had everything going for it. You had the success of Batman Begins, which was awesome, and then you start throwing the magical J-word around. Like you throw the Joker around, you automatically double your audience because everybody loves the Joker. And then you've got like, say. it's like, can, can he do it as good as Jack? And then people started seeing clips and they're like, oh shit, this is a different take on the Joker than we've ever seen before. And word spread. And then, yeah, it was, uh, this was an event film.
0: He, yeah. he it's, it's really fucked up to say, but Heath dying at the early, I think it was the beginning of the year or the end of the last year. Mm. I mean, you know, it had this allure to it. That's like, it's in a really fucked up way. It, it increased that sort of need to see it right away. Like and then, the, this, then that sure. myth, the
2: myth sprung up that he just couldn't get the character out of his system and yeah stuff. Then it just fed it, itself. Even though internet. he was already yeah. filming another movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, yeah maybe instead of the. He's filming imagination I... at that point.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think instead of, um i mean we can talk about the rewatches too we've all seen this so many times and maybe we all watched it this week as well but i do think that the the initial watch was so strange not only because of what you guys were saying like i think batman the second movie in a really really successful batman franchise you know with this new world flavor that chris nolan was bringing to it we mentioned a couple episodes ago or, or last episode about um Batman Begins and how Mm. it didn't gross, number one, but it was critically acclaimed. Everybody knew it was good. So this was highly anticipated regardless. Heath's performance changed things. Uh, I mean, uh, passing changed things as well with their marketing and just the word of mouth. But I I still don't even know if that actually, none of that stuff, for me anyway, set me up to, to actually be ready for the quality of a film that Chris Nolan was going to make. And I think more than anything else, it was that the structure of the movie is so strange. And we kind of talked about how on the franchise face-off, how like Batman Begins is a tighter film. Yeah. And that this one, some people think it's a little bit too long. And if some people think the end Coda situation with Two-Face actually kind of ends up deconstructing a little bit of the stuff that
2: they achieved with the Joker. I feel like but- Two-Face was a waste. Killing, and, and, like killing, it. And, but, but, Spoilers, but the guys. question you have to ask is: They like,
1: would that would this movie be that movie if it had been forty minutes shorter and just a really tight version with the Joker? And probably not, right? Like you, I feel like you needed that other element in there to kind of make this the Godfather two of superhero movies. Yeah, where like it was so long and so much was happening that Batman couldn't actually ground himself by concentrating on one foe. It was like he was. He was starting like. Oh no! I'm know. not saying he wasn't
2: needed. It was a. It was a waste having him in the film. It's. A, it was a waste killing him. That that villain could have carried on, and could have carried on beautifully, because yeah, they, yeah, really, yeah. Good they call. really. They really did a like a good job on him. Have you seen the uh, the interview with Aaron Eckhart talking about this this hospital scene with uh, Heath? He came no. basically. Heath came in already in character as he did on that on that film, and he just walked around the hospital bed like grunting. For like 20 minutes. And hmm. then at one point, like Aaron raised his hand and he grabbed it and they just went for it. And like, but it was 20 minutes of grunting and prep from, uh, from Heath to do it. And he sat that's there, cool. and they, they went through the process together. And that's the scene cool. we got out of that is what we saw.
0: Because Gary Oldman like, and others Jesus. did say that, like, he did talk to them, like, on set. Like, it's not, it, Yeah. that was probably just sort of like, uh, you know, you don't have rehearsal. So, that in a way was like, would you do that kind of stuff in rehearsal if you're an actor? Yeah. And you usually say, by the way, I'm going to do this shit. But, like, on a film set, you don't get that. So, like, it's not like he did that all the time. But I'm no. sure for that
2: particular I mean, scene, he was like, this, let's have some fun. I want to shock him his, a little clips bit. clips so. of him riding a skateboard, jumping over Batman. So like, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 I There's think, a
2: big. Yeah, go ahead, John.
0: Sorry. No, 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 no. You're ready. I think. I think two things can be true. I think this is the best summer blockbuster of the 21st century, and in fact, this probably should be—if not a semifinalist, it's probably going to be a quarterfinalist for us. I think this is going to go very far. I know. love
1: it. That's bold. That's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so, 100. I also think there's a couple things of this movie that really frustrate me every single time I see it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you rewatch it this week?
0: Yeah. And nice. So the first time I re- the first time I watched it. I was really mad about rachel the character of rachel and i think i put a lot of the blame on maggie gyllenhaal and the more i've watched it i blame her less and i blame christopher nolan more i feel like tonally rachel especially her relationship with harvey but also the way she interacts with bruce and this love triangle is about the same tonally as like an episode of felicity or uh gilmore girls That's that it means nothing to me. And the first one, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Katie Holmes is Meryl Streep, but the way that was framed was this impassioned love story that they're so close they can't be in love. And there's two, you know, there's like how what a powder keg that was. This was a little more lackadaisical. Even that scene at the restaurant, it was just too, it didn't, I didn't have the tension. Like, I don't know, I didn't feel that. The two faced thing you guys already talked about. So I think um, the big thing for me in this rewatch is the turn to Dark Knight. And I think we're on the same page because they decided that the turn to Dark Knight was that he was gonna take the blame for all the stuff Two-Face did and even killing Harvey Dent. And that made him the Dark Knight, this legend of the person who was actually bad the whole time and whatever. But the the Two-Face thing was like a C-plot. And even the Joker says, like all it was, was honestly the A-plot at the end in the warehouse with the boats and they decide not to kill each other. And Batman is like, see, people are better. Everybody doesn't want anarchy. That's the A-plot, and then the Joker says, yes, but I turned Harvey Dent, so I win. Ah, uh, not good enough for me. And so then when he sits there and be like, well, I'm Harvey Dent, I w- I'm gonna take credit for all of his shit, that doesn't do it for me either as the Dark Knight, whereas, and I'm not telling Christopher Nolan how to do this movie, but the Batman saw... The twist, which is that all of the clowns holding the doctors as hostages were the hostages, and all the doctors were the villains. So the SWAT team was gonna come in and kill them. So what does Batman have to do? He has to beat the shit out of a lot of SWAT teams. So we had the opportunity right there, in real time, in the A-plot, to watch Batman beat the shit out of cops and SWAT teams and look like the villain. But instead, they gave him a pass on that and they made him the villain for something that doesn't matter off camera. That bothered me so much this time mm-hmm. I rewatched it. It bothered me so mm-hmm. much. And yes, I agree. They should have kept Two-Face alive. And mm-hmm. then we had Batman and Two-Face are both sort of villains in the world's eyes. I think that could have been really fun setting up the third movie, which is the weakest out of three. So that's what I think. Do you think that... Because I'm, I'm going to get a
1: little heady here, but just to play devil's advocate to that, I have always wondered if... Each of these movies, each of these three movies, I feel like represents a kind of a different perspective on uh, Bruce Wayne and or Batman, Gotham, and the villains. For me, Begins is origin for Batman. For the second one, Dark Knight, is about Gotham for me. It's about politics. It's about the Joker trying to play on the fears of the people. I'm I'm thinking much more about the city and uh, the way that they cover and shoot Mm -hmm. Chicago as, as Gotham. Uh, I love the, t- in I the love games Chicago, he ends Scotland. up playing. Yeah. The A plot builds to the people versus the people, which is, you know, I think we all love that brilliant yeah. device at the end with the ships versus the ship. Uh, and then for C, it's about villains. Like uh, for the Rising, I feel like it's all about like sculpting the ideas of antagonism against good, against good, evil versus good. Um, so from that light, there's always been a part of me that's wondered if if just a little bit more scene work to push that theme forward that I think what they wanted us to feel, and I'm not disagreeing with you at all, because I I think a lot of people empathize with what you're talking about, but Harvey Dent, from a news coverage perspective, if we were just people, citizens of Gotham, we don't have footage of him beating the crap out of the SWAT people. Harvey Dent is our megaphone. So I I do understand that the Joker Mm. being able to say very cleanly, I just turned your white knight, and that's all people are going to give a shit about. Everybody was so scared of everything and I made them realize that I can just tear it all to pieces by changing him.
2: Not only only did I turn you quite night, I made it look like you killed him.
1: Yeah. Which is, again, imagining just like in a 24-hour news cycle, but also weeks of falling away headlines. Yeah. there might be footage of the you know, this could have easily been fixed by just showing a little bit of cell phone footage of him kicking the shit out of these SWAT people. but so I uh, Jeff, I hear you, but I wonder from the Gotham okay. perspective with that with that cap on, if it if it does work, because that's actually how Harvey Dent saw his job. You know, it's we very scarcely saw him talking to the press mm. and stuff. I feel like it was but it but the way that he fit into the Gotham zeitgeist, you know he was bigger. but I, I hear Good what you're point. saying, and Good I point. definitely, definitely, definitely agree with you. The only un- really for me, un- bigger than this issue, unfortunate thing about all these movies is that Rachel is a clearly a big role in Bruce Wayne slash Batman's life in number one and number two. And she is written as a device, female love interest. And and that's a shame just yeah, because yeah. I-, I think and that the distress, she
2: did. Yeah. Yeah. Which is correct, but still.
1: And I, and I totally agree with what you're saying that like, Rachel in one kind of turns him to Batman. Like Mm -hmm. she had a, a full theme arc by eventually revealing it's not who I am, but what I do that matters. Like she was the one who planted that seed. Like that's Mm -hmm. such a wonderful payoff as amazing as the detonation choose between Harvey Dent and choose between her sequences. And it's perfect. It's fucking perfect. At number two, again, she's kind of a device in that sequence like we already know that she matters to him not because of what was shown to us in this movie and that 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 is the only thing that's unfortunate don't want to hold it against them too much because they had the casting
2: change and yeah it's tough i mean there was I, probably yeah, some stuff but, cut out of this for time as well
1: yeah like, yeah the movie's good because i could have used yeah. some more i, I like her and how do you feel about how do you feel about her character not as a device but her character is like literally developing character of, of rachel um do you feel like her character has developed more in the charity scene where the Joker comes in and yeah, let me yeah. tell you about my father. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, I could have used a couple more moments like that where she exists in the antagonist world and Harvey Dent's world with character development. Mm-hmm. And then we could have gone there. So and you're right, Dave, maybe there is something on the floor and we just don't get to see it. It's already a very long movie. Yeah. But, um, but I love that Jeff, even though you're saying that like, I have these issues and I think a lot of people are going to agree with you. You still think that it,
2: yeah. I mean, those it first might two, be your
1: favorite. Those 2000s. first two thirds,
0: especially, are like as gripping intense. Every single set piece, every single action packed moment is fully justified, fully fleshed out, matters, it's important, and it's confusing and debaucherous and, and clean at the same time. It's brilliant. It's it's absolutely brilliant.
1: I agree. And I, I I'm gonna be honest, guys, I did not get to I had a weird schedule this week. I did not rewatch this one, but uh, I saw it last year at one point. I watched it by kind of out of context by myself again. Unbelievable. Also, that quick, opening quick scene with out, the Joker. Yeah,
2: quick shout out to the soundtrack, especially in that scene. Mm. as well, where they yeah. use buzzers and so serious noises and stuff, yeah.
1: That that way so serious intro. I watched it in class actually in a screenwriting structure class about exposition is fucking annoying and hard and everybody hates it. Audiences don't like watching it. We don't like writing it. It's, you know, everybody's on the same page about how difficult it is and how successful the act of watching the heist take place and revealing information from heistman to heistman about the boss who set yeah. up this sequence what do they call him the and joker then,
0: yeah
1: yeah and just and it seems a little campy and cheesy but as as successful as those things are that's not really that uh difficult to understand they're literally just telling you things about this guy who we already know the movie's about but then the reveal watching him we know it's Joker at that point. I think most people know that's hmm. that's him, who's still in the mask. The way he's moving and dodging, the character development that happens when that Julia Roberts brother, what's that guy's name, who brings out the shotgun and starts shooting at him in the bank, watching the Joker respond to him, and then the why you know uh, makes you a stranger. I just feel like the the development that happens at the very beginning sets you up so well, so that somehow just, just kind of the opposite of what we just said about about Rachel's character. There's character development within Joker, in within the exposition. That is interesting. It's not just a villain doing something bad. That's what usually happens. Also, Somebody yeah. robbed something, and now we just know they're a villain. We learned about the kind of Joker that he was going to be yeah. in that exposition. They, they set and the that rules was for how unique.
0: fucked
2: up this was going to get. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. so say, good. All Did right, you say so so
0: William Fitchner is Julia Roberts' brother? I think he is, dude. I don't, s- I don't see that in here, but I mean that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, some relation. I don't see that in here, but anyway, it's cool. All right, pretty fun. I lied to you. It's not. It's not. William Pichener. Okay, cool. Dark Knight. We have no time for uh, Transformers, so <laughs> we should like, just move it no. <laughs> um, Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, the highest-grossing summer movie of two thousand nine, which of course. It's the year of Avatar, but Avatar did not come out in the summer. So this is our game, people. This is what we're up to. Domestic numbers on the charts. John, what other movies made some money in 2009? I'll
1: just keep doing my, my top 10 situation here. Um, so, yeah, you said Avatar. That was clearly a number... T- 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 <laughs> this, is, this is so nuts. Even for the fact that it came out... We've had this situation happen before. It came out December 18th, folks. So it only had like 13 days maybe 14 with the Thursday night midnight release before the end of the year. And it still is number two. It still is number two for the year with the numbers uh, before it went on to just absolutely dwarf everything in, in sight. So that is number two. Uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book, sixth movie uh, is number three up number four. Got Gotta love that one. That'll, mm-hmm. that'll break your heart right in half. Yep. Gots right um, the out. second book, Number five, the second Twilight uh installment, uh New Moon. Number six, the hangover. Hey oh, look out. Yep. That's the first one of those. That's a fun little debut there. Um, number seven, Dave and I are gonna love this one. Star Trek, baby. JJ Abrams first <laughs> debut with the Star Trek franchise. I fucking
0: love that first movie. God, it's yeah, absolutely it so much fun. It's so good, dude. It's so good. Really quick, uh, Star Trek eight, has a sixty-six percent domestic share which means that 66% of its money came from America. We are way more obsessed with Star Trek than the rest of the world.
1: <laughs> Go ahead. I kind of like that. Good, yeah. good, good, good. I feel like, is that an American-made? Except American made? Uh, <laughs> is that that uh, Yeah, except for Dave. Uh Number eight, this is kind of weird, but the blind side is somehow what? number eight for domestic numbers on according to the numbers, which that's really weird. That's it came out really November weird. 20. Uh, number nine, monsters versus aliens. Interesting. And number 10, I think at the third installment of Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Weird. Mm. Jeff, hit
0: us. Um, so this is the Oscars year. Were there any other big movies that uh, made a lot of money elsewhere? I mean, you said up, right? Yeah, 2012 disaster movies up yeah. there really high. Uh, okay, cool. So the Oscars this year, it's Hurt Locker versus Avatar. And I think everybody knew, like, cause, because James Cameron had won for Titanic and Avatar is going to get a lot of the visual effects, not a lot of the effects awards, you know, sound and all that kind of stuff. So the Hurt Locker would win best director, best picture. I would say, best uh, straight
2: up, I didn't know because I, we were having Oscar parties at that point and we introduced blue tequila rounds for if you went for Avatar and it lost. So we, were, we had to drink it. I put through down i not the end of it (laughs) no uh the only thing i remember is just doing a blue shot after avatar didn't win best picture i had already done about four or five blue shots before that so yeah no that was that was a rough that was a rough morning it was a rough one for you um nice the, the performance ones
0: are interesting so you have jeff bridges wins for crazy heart uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal was also nominated mm. for that. So she, uh, you know, Scott turned, Cooper. Going right. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Bullock wins for The Blind Side. Yeah, she famously won a Razzie that weekend too, but fuck the Razzies. So she wins for The Blind Side. Very, very strange year again for the, those two categories, but deserving wins, of course. Uh, Christoph Waltz is a clean sweep for Inglorious Bastards, and nobody complained about whether or not he was a lead or supporting. Um, but yes, he won for Best Supporting. And Monique won Best Supporting Actress for Precious despite not campaigning. And she very famously said, thank you for focusing on the performance and not the campaign because she refused to campaign for Precious. And Gabourey Sidibe, of course, was also nominated in the lead category for Precious, which would also win Best Scripts, beating Up in the Air. So Precious won Best Script over Jason Reitman and his partner for Up in the Air. And then, of course, Up won Best Animated Movie and Michael Giacchino won Best Score for that fucking probably just for those two montages holy shit <laughs> jesus christ other performances to shout out an education with carrie mulligan who was nominated and peter sarsgaard it's a big breakout year for both of those colin firth in a single man holy shit that movie's good and he's good in that mm. meryl streep and julian julia call. oh the phone call oh my god up in the air george clooney anna kendrick and vera Farmiga were all nominated for up in the air mm. nine the movie did not do well uh, but Penelope Cruz was nominated a year after <laughs> winning and Stanley Tucci was nominated not for Julie and Julia but for The Lovely Bones where he played the villain and very famously Ryan Gosling was oh, fired for gaining weight because Peter Jackson who was not the most attractive man in the world decided he wanted that mm. lead character who in the book is overweight to be fuckable so he recast him with Mark Wahlberg on a week's notice We talked uh, about we talked about <clears throat> Invictus if you go through our feed people Invictus so Matt Damon and Morgan Freeman were both nominated And District 9 comes out this year And they ah. uh, they extended Best Picture To be up to 10 As long as you got 5% of the vote, you can get nominated So District 9, even though it had like Kind of mixed reviews, which is bullshit Because District 9 is fucking awesome And we also talked about it um, District, We talked about Invictus and District 9 Both in our 2009 yeah. episode and Avatar Those were the three episodes Yeah, I think we did Avatar and was it really that bad? <laughs> yes we did and we rewatched it at home and it it, it held up okay really quick John loves Bronson so we gotta shout that out Lars von Trier's Antichrist Notorious Paul Bart Mall Cop let's go Taken comes out this year Incendiary comes out this year (laughs) Coraline Friday the 13th Watchmen I Love You Man Adventureland and Zombieland the two lands Fighting Drag Me to Hell Uh, The Hangover you said Land of the Lost is really dumb but also has some funny moments Moon Sam Rockwell comes out this year Um, Mm, that was a, was a fun one that was good. 500 Days yeah. of Summer. If you love your little indie rom coms, 500 Same Days of Summer. Fun, In or... the Loop, I watched yeah, recently. No. If you're a succession fan and a Veep fan, you got to watch In the Loop. Funny People, Mr. Nobody, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Splice, Jennifer's Body,
2: Brothers, Princess and the Frog. Let's move on. Okay, we have 37 seconds left to talk. No. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> um, Guys, I'm going to make a serious confession to you. Mm-hmm. And I hope we can all just just laugh along.
0: You didn't see this movie? You've never seen it before.
1: I watched the first transformers by accident and i don't even know if i've seen mm. this transformers movie <laughs> so which
2: one are you gonna vote for
1: um it's gotta yeah. it's gotta be this over Dark Knight, I mean, right you, gonna, this seen, is clearly the at way.
2: least two-thirds of it so yeah if you've watched the first one <laughs>
1: okay yeah so um, i really want to hear you guys talk about it and then i'm gonna chime in and say "Wait, well, you're talking about the first one right and then you're wait. gonna say no no we're talking about the second one." wait okay
0: so cool. you the movie where they go to egypt you don't remember this
1: I think I did see it, but but it's been probably since theaters, so I I, I don't have much memory of it. It didn't stick. How Sorry, was the first Michael. Transformers
0: movie in your rewatch? Um,
2: what do you guys think
1: of the second Transformers movie? Dave, what
2: do you think? Well, I, I want to <laughs> say like we we are. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't for me. We are talking about summer blockbusters. This this has. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. That you want in a blockbuster. It's got, a a blockbuster. It's got, it's oh, got yeah. aliens. It's got action. It's got global threats. It's got female characters being completely stripped of their agency. Yep. It's got
1: everything <laughs> that you oh, want Jesus.
2: in a blockbuster film.
1: <laughs> I'm giving that to you. Yeah, you go.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's got it's got the most fuckable college freshmen that have ever been captured. Oh yeah, sexually ambiguous oh.
2: Australians in college. Like <laughs> that Reed. as well. So, uh
1: <laughs> that reveal of her on the bike like wiping down i'm just watching the trailer now in the background right now you guys where she's like at the mechanics and she is for no reason at all bent over the bike in a mini skirt
0: waxing it or working That's on it they
2: literally
0: decided like her she in like
2: shorts.
0: <laughs> her, so in the first movie she's in a car right Jesus she's Christ. like she's like in the trunk of a car so in the second movie they do the exact same scene but on a motorcycle
2: it's yeah so. awful dude awful. um no, well, you know what? I rewatched watched this the other night, and we sat there and watched it. Yeah. And it's, apart from a couple of annoying characters, it it is a blockbuster movie. I mean, yeah. if you yeah. want to argue best blockbuster, this could potentially knock Dark Knight out. Because Dark Knight is far more cerebral and it, no, I can't fucking keep it straight. Dave, I see Dave, Dave. <laughs> yo, whoa,
1: <wait>, whoa. <wait>, <laughs> Dave all the time.
2: Noah's go to the win end our of the blockbuster. Plank. Come go, on. To the, go, go to, to the Noah. end of the plank on that. I want to hear that. Da- Dark Knight <laughs> is a far more cerebral kind of plot driven film, which is not what a lot of summer blockbusters are looking for. This is this is explosions and action beats every like you know 30 oh my God, minutes or whatever seconds. 30 um, minutes yeah. yeah yeah sometimes i settle down and do every the parental 90 thing. seconds oh um, yeah comedy, how many this, 360 this how many does, 360 dollies <laughs> i think it's like seven in the first 20 okay. minutes but uh, <laughs> nice, nice. no this this does it tells a good story it has throwbacks to previous characters this is a good summer blockbuster film
1: and this is the last... I'm asking, is this the... Excuse me, the last Shia LaBeouf before Mark Wahlberg kind of comes no, in? No, but they pretend to, to kill transform? him in this movie.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, this, I
1: think he does have... He
2: is in the third one. Yeah, is is in the third one, yeah. After that, okay, they kind of okay. move away.
0: He actually made enough okay. money in that third one that that's why he can never have to worry about these ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did Hoobastank do the score on this movie? <laughs> Remember Dude, Hoobastank? He,
1: Michael Bay clearly loves that kind of. There were so many good.
0: Um, there's, a, there's a scene in this where Hoobastank, they rap these four like cheesy chords over and over and over again, and then a band that sounds like Hoobastank just sings "Don't Let Me Go" over and over again. Over again, they're just like "Don't Let Me Go, Don't Let Me Go, Don't." And it just. And I was like, "This is the cheesiest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life." But <laughs> what were you saying about Michael Bay loving Hoobastank? There's just, I mean, there's there the reason, was a lot of people, that
1: kind at. of yeah, the reason yeah, there was a lot of that kind of music in the first one as well. So uh, um, we I know will, his uh, music say.
2: video background, but a couple of standout points. I like the ILM knocked the shit out of this with the uh, uh, the effects the vis- were awesome. The, the effects were really, really good. Like one of the um, Decepticons near the beginning when they're chasing it transforms front face onto the camera. It just like starts to become something else, and for a second the mechanism forms the Decepticon face. And it was I was like, fucking hell, that is like that's like someone's thrown that in, and they've gone fuck yeah, that's cool, let's keep that. Like I'm sure that wasn't directed.
0: The way the the sexy vixen, um, who again not a college freshman, um, I actually was going to ask you guys, but John didn't see the movie. I was like, if you were really single, would you would you get one of those? Did you get one of those robots or uh, or what? <laughs> <laughs> you fix it, robot? Um, but try. when she transforms and like the skin comes off. Yeah, that's and she terrifying. turns terrifying. Oh my God. I mean, the, the effects are really good. The way that they do like the boat sinking, you know, when the attack at sea happens and they, they basically do the Titanic where the, the bow of the ship goes up in the mm. air and the people start falling down. I was like, I think the, the most impressive thing about the effects, and I don't know anything about effects, is that they're not still, not that any effects is, but the, the camera's always moving. So the, yeah. yeah, these effects are happening, and it what feels like four D, you know, because the camera's moving around, and so like the the gra- you know gravity and the size as they're going and and speeding up and accelerating, and then mm. the color and the lighting that comes with it, like as the camera's in motion.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's shots really shots brilliant. With a camera pan through a transformer while it's transforming and shit. Like it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. and I've
0: seen all the backpacks, so I know the kids love this shit. You yep. know, and I know they—they they don't need much. The they need a simple story. <laughs> but even like you know, whenever I actually think Shia is perfect for these movies. I think yeah. he's so
2: great. Yeah. it's there's right a line in his delivery. range.
0: There's a lot. <laughs> I think he's got an acting. He's range, good. But, he's good in these.
2: Yeah, I think he's pretty. No, I gotta go serious. Like there's, he does. Yeah. He does his justice.
0: When, when the girl attacks really him and he does these high, when he does these high pitched screams. I don't know if he did this in the first movie. Okay, the girl that was, was attacking funny. him he's he it yeah. honestly, it sounds like those goat bleat videos yeah. from like you know a couple of years ago. Like, and I was like, is that Shia? He was doing a it for five minutes, ago. and I was like, where is that laugh? And I was like, oh my god, is that coming from Shia? Yeah. He has this one line reading where he's at the fraternity, and Bumblebee shows up, and it's in the front yard, and so he's at this frat party with all of the you know techies that also are like break dancers, you know. And um, and all of a sudden they're like, dude, is that your Camaro parked in my lawn? And he's like, no, it's it's for a friend of mine. <laughs> who uh, uh. he just had to leave for a second to get you tighter shirts. <laughs> and the way he says it, it's like, I, I don't know how he, it, it's even Steven's like grown just, up. I mean, it's so yeah. funny. And then the guys are like, what? That's not possible. And yeah. then like, oh my God, his reaction. Th- these dumb little things really get you through a movie like this because you're at a frat party. He's just trying to have fun, and then Bumblebee comes, and then the vixen attacks him, and then he's with Megan Fox, and then they get attacked, and there's so many fucking attacks in this. This movie is exhausting. There's so many things, yeah. but because it's done so well, and because the lead is so funny and charming, it's really it's not it's not as it's not that it's not that bad. It's it's there's a lot of entertaining shit. There's a lot of really good meaningful moments. It is. I love yeah, the it's moment. full on
2: some blockbuster material.
0: I think you're right, man. I love the you moment. Guys, talk to me about. But there's it was one big, moment really quick that I think yeah, is really important. Sure because I, I was sitting there and I was like, okay, this is just gonna be the same and it's gonna be machines against machines on Earth and they're gonna kill a lot of Americans. And basically the, the US military says, Can you leave the planet? Because it looks like the fight is between you. And they're like, we'll do that if that's what you wish. But you just have to ask yourself, what if you're wrong and we leave? And it was like me, it was like I was like, okay, cool. We got a movie. We yeah, got a movie. Cool I feel idea. like they really no, pulled these kinds good. of things out. I remember
1: out. that. That's cool. good. Yeah. Thematically. Let mm-hmm. me ask you a question in terms of how much attention was given to the machines versus the humans because in the first one i was actually because i had not seen the first one since it came out either which was in 2007 so i fucked up and watched the wrong one uh but i remember (laughs) the other night i was like huh they're actually there's way less time spent on the transformers in the very first movie than the humans Mm -hmm. it is mostly about shia labeouf and the Government getting involved, John Turturro, yeah. Yeah. Um, all those guys, and and I was I was kind of surprised at how little uh, coverage there was, and how little how few scenes were about the not just in general them fighting and stuff. There was some footage of that, but how little of their perspective there was. Was there more of the machine Transformers
2: perspective in this
1: one? Yes, yeah, yeah, like storytelling yeah, they, wise and, and longer filming too. wise, they
2: they evened it out. Yeah, you still get the beats where you've got like his going to college story advancing with the parents now coming in as comic relief because the parents are in on it, but they can't say anything. Um, and so you get all that, but you also get the storyline of like the history of the transformers going right back to the fallen, um, which is mm. some of prime's relatives. Um, so you get all that back mythology as well. So there's a lot packed in here and, and the it the is longer for it. Too. Like, but, yeah, you get a I, lot of villain. Some of his
1: relatives too. guys. 17,000 BC? Reproduce, huh? What do you think? 000, Very noisily. Oh. How do they fuck? Is really, <laughs> I guess, what
2: I'm, a lot what of I'm w, a lot of WD forty.
0: Okay, have you,
2: okay, have so you nice. ever heard someone making a horseshoe? <laughs> ding, ding, <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's good. You know what else happened to this movie oh, that I think? Funny.
0: They put a lot of that's pressure funny. on Shia, but they they turn him into John Nash from A Beautiful Mind. Um, Oh, yeah. A little bit of Raymond in there. So he has to like freak out and write these alien symbols. And I mean, that's one of those things that as an actor, I bet you Shia like never felt comfortable with that where he was just like fucking flailing and he does a take. And he's like, is that even close to what you want? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? But I'm telling you, they, they do it. He's like, I don't
2: know. I don't even have a fucking short list.
0: (laughs) And then they turned, they turned it into dune for robots. You would like that. The sandworms were actually just robots just eating. people. That was
1: pretty, they shot. And I've got a little trivia here for you. Uh, And I actually saw uh, Lawrence Arabia the other night. So this is a fun little callback to uh, the Open with Fucking
0: Lawrence Arabia. can we get? Can everybody leave Lawrence Arabia alone? It opens with fucking horses in the they, they desert. John like, Wick is well, same thing. Yes. <laughs> so the Jordanian. <laughs> to be royal fair, they were family, supposed to come out first. Sorry.
1: The Jordanian role. So the, apparently, this film, The Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. The film that's shot the movie we're talking days. about. <laughs> <laughs> the film shot for four days on location in Jordan, in the deserty area where very four? famously Lawrence of Arabia. Is said only four days? It must have also shot in some other places like um you think Petra, Wadi Rum, salt, like there's a lot of different desert settings that they were at yeah. But when they were in four, Jordan. 4 this... days was
2: 4 days was B-roll. Yeah, <laughs>
1: sure, sure. The Jordanian royal family, who loved Transformers, the, the first one from 2007, provided assistance from the Royal Jordanian Air Force. This is a fun throwback because in Lawrence of Arabia, they did the same thing and basically lent all of the big war scenes that you see, they lent a lot of their military. Uh, so they have a history of doing this. Good for you, Michael Bay, for coaxing them into coming mm. into the film industry one more time. That's pretty cool. Make that money. I wanted to point out, just as so I didn't mention this, um, we have talked about a Michael Bay movie in this series. Have we? Do we mention a Michael Bay? Have we talked about a Michael Bay movie so far in this bracket?
2: He did. Uh, let me see. We
1: haven't. Sorry, I thought we did there for a second. I just wanted to point out that I actually spent a lot of mental energy um, last spring
0: he like, did armageddon
1: yeah armageddon thank you
0: um this past i didn't, spring, I didn't want to thinking, say i didn't want to be wrong but yeah it's armageddon. no no you, got, you
1: your your instincts were right uh i had i was in this class that was taught by this this brilliant man named bruce block who ended up r- kind of writing the book on like production design and w- worked in lots and lots and lots of movies shout out um and he ended up using his examples a lot in his teachings and um Michael Bay. And I thought, at first I thought this was kind of silly, but it's kind of changed the way I look at his movies now and how effective he is one of those filmmakers for visual storytelling, like in terms of literally Design and composition of the camera, how it's placed, what it's doing, and also what the production design is actually doing to affect you. And I just, I just, I was thinking about it the other night, even watching Transformers. Almost every single shot was saying something. And as much shit as this man likes to get for, you know, not getting into the the, the deep waters of the misogyny and stuff like that that may have happened later in the career, he got a lot of crap. I think for being. You know, a blockbuster filmmaker who maybe never seemed to bring the emotional heat that some of the other really successful blockbuster filmmakers like of his time, his contemporaries brought. But aesthetically, I mean, it is always captivating. I think, I think, I think in the later Transformers movies, the plot started to kind of dissolve and it was harder to find ways to invest emotionally in what they were doing because I couldn't quite, I started, I stopped being able to tell the difference between the The war sagas between the machines, but early yeah. on, I, I would I have feel to look like there up a list. There. I'd
2: have to look up a list on the internet to tell you what order those movies are in. I couldn't tell oh, you yeah. just from the titles. They mm-hmm. absolutely churn them up. We have gone. We got yeah, we we yeah, yeah, to wrap seven, it up, so. we, and we <laughs> know who
0: we're voting for, so it's ridiculous. Just one more thing about Michael Bay. Come on, he 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 directed Donny Osmond music videos, including Sacred Emotion. The guy knows emotion, yeah, in visual storytelling. I mean, come on,
1: he's an emotional man. Give it up for Michael Bay, ladies and gentlemen. So it's the Dark Knight, um, right? I'm going to cool. let you
0: guys vote
1: on this by yourself since I didn't see it, but I think we already have the answer.
2: Dave? Yeah, I think Transformers. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, Dave. All right, <laughs> it, so the Dark Knight yeah, moves on.
0: Beautiful. Surprising to no one. All right, we're going to take a quick little break so I can get a beer that's not warm. half-joking. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's the Dark Knight by far. Um, okay, cool, guys. So let's take a quick little break, and then we are going to come back at you with Toy Story 3 against Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two. This one is very interesting. I'm curious to see what yeah, you guys think of this. Yeah, Let's be go. Really are you guys really telling me that you're Max, fucking HBO Max? Are you telling me your sound volume, your volume issues aren't driving you fucking insane on Max?
2: I don' know some issues are we talking I don't have so much about? volume issues, but ever since they went to Max, mine drops out of sync halfway through the fucking movie.
0: I turn really? up yeah, I turn up my volume. I'm not shitting you to one hundred and I have a sound bar with a subwoofer and then the action sequences come and rattle my walls and then I but I can't hear the dialogue if it's not on one hundred. and before you try to tell me but the sports settings or anything, Dave, it's my not settings sports are exa- settings. <laughs> my settings are exactly the way you fucking left them, all right <laughs> You did my settings. And a- every single time I watched... And I think... Are these are both of these movies? What are we talking about? Oh, so when we talk about Harry Potter... I mean, I was trying to make dinner and I made a video and all of a sudden this fucking TV was shouting at my phone.
2: Yeah. Pro, Have you ever tried? Pro, pro tip on these. Uh, a lot of the soundbars that take 5.1 don't translate from Atmos, uh, Dolby Atmos, to 5.1 very well. Um Damn And it, it. it basically puts all... Like, five surround speakers... Through the sides and just your dialogue in the center, which drowns it the fuck out. Um, so, damn, that,
1: that could be it. You could also try. That have you also it. tried? Sounds, you could be going changing. You know, as well, I, Apple TV. I assume you're using Apple TV. The yeah. yeah, the device. Have you tried? And you can find this in most of the streaming options. Uh, your audio settings within while watching something, you can change it to reduce loud sounds, and it basically puts a compressor. On everything, so you can turn it up as loud as you want for your dialogue to be as loud as you want, and theoretically, no sound effects will go
0: above that volume. Okay, good to note. We're back, people. Let's go. We are talking <laughs> that, is <exciting>. to that. <laughs> that is dynamic, A little techie chit chat bullshit. Let's do it. But this is important because it was really driving me nuts. It was really driving me nuts. Yeah,
2: um, we're talking about Toy Story um, also 3. To set, set your output to PCM, not uh, not surround. I'm just gonna listen back to this tomorrow. Yeah, um. <laughs> Toy Story 3, number one movie of
0: 2010 internationally Mm. and domestically and came out in the summer. John, what else made some money in the summer of 2010?
1: God, let me tell you. um, (laughs) Avatar was still very, 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 very cleanly uh, number two for the entire year. So, you know, that was just such a phenomenon. So, blah, 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 blah. Alice in Wonderland, number three. I thought that was kind of interesting. That uh, March fifth, so first quarter... ish right like i think that's uh, kind of interesting it did that yeah. well over time uh iron I mean, man it 2 yeah get there get, fucking drink your drink iron <laughs> you man drink 2 number four once again i still think that's interesting Any it classic. came out around the same time as the first one the previous movie uh this one came out in may 7th the what, other one came, we, out what what may, came out in may blah 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 iron man 2 okay yeah yeah
0: number seven right? world, so yeah, number yeah
1: number i so good they are still putting in their, they're digging in. They're trying to get into this zeitgeist. They're even though number two isn't so good, they're still proving themselves to be something to watch. But yeah. they're not dominating quite yet. So Iron Man Two was number four. Number five, the third Twilight saga. Jesus, that's one, two, three, folks, for anybody yeah. who's counting um eclipse i never Amen. saw any of these i think i saw the second one uh, the second so i don't know the, anything the about second these one movies. I'm, I'm
0: on record for saying the second one is the worst movie i've ever seen in my life.
1: i've heard a lot of people tell me that so maybe that was a bad first impression because it's the that was what wow that went nuts god twilight the twilight gods are yeah. mad
0: at you pissed <laughs> <laughs> i got a hex on Here we me go. now i better not Number be in portland six. anytime soon
1: Number six, two years later, Mr. Nolan gives us Inception. So that's fun. Uh, I don't know if any of us give enough credit to this person who, yes, he made the superhero movies we just talked about, one. But he also makes other movies that have nothing to do with superheroes, and he still ends up being in top tens whenever he makes them. Congratulations, Inception. Anybody who loves that movie, go for it. Uh, number seven, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part one. So we will be discussing that part two in the next oh, number episode. Number three worldwide. Yeah, pretty great. Number eight, Despicable Me. Number nine, Shrek Forever After. Never saw it, you guys. Sorry. I know we talked about number one, number two. I guess this is number three. You did not much. Yep. All right. You heard it yeah, straight from Dave Smith. And number form. ten. Number ten, uh, breakout. I think another DreamWorks movie. Tell me if I'm wrong, but How to Train Your Dragon. This ended up being a yeah. really, really successful yep. uh, franchise for anim- 3D animation. All right. They did J- a fun little
2: J- uh, Game of Thrones time with Jon Snow as well. Nice. The movies, they yeah later, yeah. They reference him. He's in. He appears with Toothless in a in a video. Oh, cool. With the dragon, wow. yeah.
1: Did oh, say- not in
2: the movie, like a promotional thing. No, like in a, a promotional thing. thing. Yeah, the dra- okay. the dragon is like chewing. Like- <laughs> it's chewing fucking lighting wow. cables. It won't behave, and he's just like, "What the fuck uh, is this thing?" Fucking yeah. to- did Everybody say-
1: loves Toothless.
0: <laughs> did you did you say Despicable Me? Was that one that you said? Yeah, yeah, number <laughs> eight. I think that movie made all of our kids Despicable- dumber. Despicable Me. Um, so we have um in our top ten we have five animated movies. Pretty crazy. Our top two worldwide, Toy Story 3 and Alice in Wonderland, both made a billion dollars, and they're both Disney, which reminds me to tell you all, fuck Bob Iger at the moment. There you go. Oh, wow. wow. So what, what? We know we can't work anymore because of him
2: so there you go but we i mean um, I'm on tag. Fuck Car- is inherently negative even if you how should
0: many, how many mm. podcasts have said for, that <laughs> for better or
1: for worse how many podcasts have had that phrase uttered since like <laughs> yeah, two <right>? days ago <laughs> oh man bob um, um yeah
0: so very interesting um they always say like the oscar movies are the indie movies that nobody sees but the king's speech which would go on to win mm. Best mm. Leading Actor, Best Director, and Best Picture, and Best Screenplay. Made $400 million worldwide. And the that's social network made a lot of great. money too. So that's really good for your... You really know, usually, good for... Yeah. yeah. Because that's the stigma, is that that doesn't happen. But this is the year of the King's Speech versus the social Network, Of course. Ooh. So I already talked about those awards. Jeffrey Rush in the King's Speech lost to Christian Bale for the fighter. The fighter. I feel like that is where the David O. Russell movies are like, Oh, so everybody in these movies is just going to be nominated for Oscars. Cause you also had Melissa Leo who won. So you have two winners in this category. Mark Wahlberg was not nominated, but he certainly made a fuck ton of money being the lead of that movie. Um, and Helena Bonham was
1: not nominated. Yeah, I guess not.
0: I don't think so. Uh, I don't think she was. No, I don't sorry. think so, Keep but going. I can't remember. Um, Helena Bonham Carter won the BAFTA for the King's Speech, but lost the Oscar to Melissa Leo. And then Natalie Portman does basically a clean sweep, except Annette Benning won one or two awards for The Kids Are All Right. Mm. David Sorkin wins Best Screenplay for uh, Social Network. David Seidler won for King's Speech, as I mentioned before. You said cool.
1: David Sorkin.
0: Aaron Sorkin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> David. Dude. You, know, I'm calling, you, you don't need Christopher Nolan. I'm calling you out for that one.
0: Christopher Nolan won the WGA award though over both of them. Or actually, for Inception, that was a, for Inception. original. So he he won over yeah. um, over King's Speech. Sorkin won for um, uh, adapted. Randy Newman wins an Oscar for We Belong wow. Together from Toy Story Three, which won Best Animated Feature Film, of course. Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor very famously won. Best score for the show, social network. Their first, they would go on to win for Soul. And they famously won because their score is very ambient. And a lot of the background noise that would have been for sound designers actually came from the score. And there's a lot of talk and crossover that Dave probably knows a lot more about than me. And Inside Job wins Best Documentary. Other Oscar movies, True Grit. Jeff Daniels and Haley Seinfeld are nominated. Winter's Bone, Jennifer Lawrence nominated as a child. Blue Valentine, <laughs> Michelle Williams nominated. Ryan Gosling was not. Rabbit Hole, Nicole, Williams, Nicole Kidman Nominated James Franco is nominated for 127 Hours Before He Smokes a Ton of Weed and is never nominated again. And Javier Bardem is nominated for Beautiful. Jeremy That's Renner two gets two things that get you kicked out of the Oscars. <laughs> Dave, your favorite movie came out this year Scott Pilgrim yeah. versus the Worlds. Came out yeah. this year Book of Eli, Jackie Chan's The Spy Next Door. I kind of don't feel like reading anymore, but I like to yeah, say Fish Tank came out this year, which would never be made anymore, ever, which you probably shouldn't. Christopher Columbus did Percy Jackson. We're, we're talking Harry Potter movies. Where is Logan Lerman? I feel like that comes up every now and then on our show. Da, I'll shout a couple da, out. Shutter da, Island. Da,
2: da.
0: Shutter da, da. Island was famously bumped to February. People da, thought it was going to be an Oscar da, 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 da. movie and they kicked it. And I'll just give uh, McGruber. That's the other one. There's a lot of other shit, but we got to move on. John?
2: McGruber.
0: What else do you want to shout out? Before Dave kills, his uh,
1: nothing. <laughs> I a? guess nothing crazy. Of no, I did want to mention Easy Ages just because that was kind of our uh, the beginning of Emma Stone like coming into yeah. the world, and then she really kind of started yeah. taking over and mm. being a very big heavy hitter.
0: The MacGruber um, movie,
1: the MacGruber movie, uh, the Book of Eli,
0: Death at a Funeral helped get Dinklage um, Game of Thrones, Book of Eli. Sorry, yeah, yeah, keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Robin Hood, and there was something else. Doesn't matter. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Toy Story Three
0: you guys love this movie talk to me what do you guys think did you, Dave? did you
1: guys rewatch it I watched it very sleepily last night I'm not gonna lie I got home very very late but I still I still powered through and it was enjoyable Dave what'd you think
2: um I I rewatched this cause I hadn't when we did the franchise one I hadn't seen it um and so this was oh, yeah. the second time I'd watched it and yeah. I don't know dude I feel like they peaked in two ah! I, feel, I feel like they peaked <laughs> in number two yeah <laughs> But we well, And
1: we had a whole conversation, didn't we, about like which one was best because everybody, there were a lot of people, I think there's a whole camp of people who thought that this one, with all of its lovely nostalgia, especially in that beginning section mm-hmm. with the vid- home video where it kind of shows the dog getting older, obviously Andy and his sister getting older, um... And I yeah, can't remember, does anybody remember where we landed? Did we decide in the franchise face-off which one we thought was the best one? Dave, we, did you we, say two then? Uh,
2: we included, I think, four at that point, didn't we, as well? Yeah,
1: because that had come out. Yeah. Yeah. Trash! Trash! <laughs> Forky. <laughs> I love
0: Forky. I love Forky.
1: Just in case. <laughs> best part of four.
0: Um, we'll go through, let's go through our list again at the end of this little segment. I want to go through our list again at the end um, of
2: Yeah, I uh, To be honest, I think I I agree with you. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you what this was about. In between watching, I was not invested at all. I agree with you. I agree with you. Get the fuck out of
0: here! This is so funny because so many kids get so hung up on the college thing, and you know how I feel about this. So this is easy for me. I'm having a right now. (laughs) Please go back into
1: it. Anyone who was not Uh listening to our podcast when Jeff was talking about the notes, notes. It's, it's
0: it's
2: one of the yeah quotes of the show ever. So. I
1: want I want you to just go they take like and just pour a, a bottle of wine. They wrote
0: a note to Andy. Jeff they Stone wrote Moon, a note Stone and Moon.
2: Andy just said, "Hey mom, maybe I should donate
0: these toys." And it's like, "No, it's not fucking Chucky, oh, people." Oh god. <laughs> the I, the, the weird. reason I love the reason I love fucking your like Charlie Brown and shit is because we don't see the adults in this movie. They have all of the toys and the, the 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 grown up. They interact so much and it's like it's so weird every single time they do it. That's way better of a movie when we don't see the kids or we don't see the adults, with the exception of when they're getting fucked up at that one like camp thing or whatever <laughs> or whatever that daycare center is. When they're getting fucked up and then it's like oh my god they're terrible. Yes, that makes sense. But at the end when they're all just sitting there and the girls playing with her and I was like, is this a chorus line where we just went through this whole thing and then they're all just fucking toys at the end? So like you know it's god
1: i'm gonna agree with you i i I agree with that and basically i was trying to think of how to phrase this because i am dave i felt very similar to you i still enjoyed watching it there are some amazing standout emotional moments in this film and sequences that are breathtaking very specifically though it's when there is nothing to do with the humans like whenever I thought about the humans in the context of Andy and his family and stuff, there I'll bitch about them in a second. It just me, it weirded me out and confused me, and did, I just don't know if it works dramatically. Yep. The stuff with the toys on their own, I think it was fine. There's a part of me that wonders if they tossed around in their in their incredible their their brain trust meetings or whatever where they talk to each other about all their movies. I wondered if this would have been a stronger film if he if they were already in the attic and they were gonna to be tossed out. And then Andy had to determine, do I throw these things away or do I save them for maybe the future? Because this watching
2: and specifically- And then they all had to fight gladiator style to see who stayed in the box. Something, dude, that would yeah,
1: be yeah fun something if it opened like that. And
0: they do that whole sequence and it turns out nobody was playing with them. They were just playing with themselves yes. in the attic. That's I, cool. Y'all, this, yeah, time, this time, this time years. I could
1: she I could not was... get past, you guys, <laughs> I could not get past the fact Dave, that- Dave playing my, with himself in the attic. <laughs> Come on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Did you guys keep your fucking toys in the trunk next to your bed when you were trying to fucking fill up girls in high school? I'm, I'm sorry, but I just got to say it. Did you bring girls back to your bedroom with your fucking stars wallpaper?
0: Your yeah, your beanie babies, baby. baby. You, get those, you got scoop right next to your pillow. Let's go. Yeah.
1: Look, I'm fucking sorry. I know the that's fucking but sure. like... The
0: ladies can do it. I, I thought, girl, b- maybe,
1: maybe. I mean, we can't speak to that, I guess. But like, give me a fucking break. There were so many elements of this one. That this is watch specifically... It bothered me so much. I was like, this Let's is fucking bullshit, dude. Are we going to talk about his stunted development? They're going to bring Because if he still college. has fucking, that or was Woody, so. Woody to college. Weird. That was so weird, dude. They didn't address Guys, it at all. And in a normal world, that would be a huge red flag on his maturity.
0: Literally made, a it's week just a ago. Given here. A week ago, you reckoned back to the, the franchise face-up. You're like, it's gonna be emotional next week. This is gonna be an emotional and everybody talked about how emotional this is, you know, saying goodbye to your toys and stuff. And here you are, as if you didn't say this a week ago. I feel like you are two faced. No, 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 well, you oh, 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 fo- what, is... okay, what did Sorkin. What did I say? God damn it! no, 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 with the, toys,
1: <laughs> with the toy moments, the toy moments got me, you guys. When they all held hands when they're about to be destroyed, sure, that's a go-to. The yeah. ending still got me when Woody sits up and he watches Andy drive away. Even though that whole sequence is strange getting into it, the note is strange getting into it. But once he's giving her the toys the and once bed. she's sleeping yeah, the with bed. them, yeah. and yeah. when he drives away, I still my the hair stood up on my arms. They, they got me with the emotional standouts. Same. It's just Same. the way that they had to get there, the justification to get there. I agree with Dave. I was still willing to buy into the world of those toys being a part of Andy's life and them needing to get back to him in two. At three, I just don't know if their overall theme, and of course, who the fuck am I? It's fucking Pixar. They're brilliant. Yeah. I'm an idiot. But I just don't know if the I mean, overall was the number theme number which I think film, was We that, can bag it we want. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> I think the number one movie.
1: theme that they were trying to get through, and tell me if you guys disagree, was that it's not about him it's not about him playing with us it's about just being there for him in any capacity so even if he even if for that even if that means just being in his attic or just being a collectible from his past and i just don't know if that was the tip of the spear the way it probably should have been thematically because it felt like they were still very much in his in his world just by being in the trunk and Mm -hmm. i don't know so i agree with you guys i also i also just wanted to point out I think they broke a couple of rules that they set up, which Pixar is usually Ooh, rock solid about not okay. doing. Oh, why does why does? And I think we Dave, bitched that about this a little bit. Ready, hold on, because I remember being—I was really drunk. When I think when we talked about this <laughs> on the franchise Face Off. But do you guys understand the logic of why Buzz goes back to being Buzz, who remembers everything? No, there's why no Why was he lo- able no. to go back? He just to, got rocked. You know he had I mean? hit his head really they, hard. Yeah, well, they they wipe him though, right? They go hmm. back to demo mode. And then they switch him to Spanish-speaking mode. And then somehow Which he comes really back fun, to being way, Buzz fun. Lightyear. Like, that's a little convenient. And I thought that was a little disappointing that they didn't... You know, when they wipe 3CPO at the end of whatever, uh, Rise of Skywalker? Mm. That was a bold choice, right? Fucking yeah. wipe out, like, our, our big... So, I don't know. They're Dude, he gets like
2: wiped so many times. oh <laughs> Anyway, I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on it too
1: hard, but I think my hopes were really high I was like god I'm about to be fucking emotionally rocked like I was with Nemo I was ready mm. to come on this podcast and be like they made another perfect movie and I, I don't think this one holds up quite as much for me as I was uh, as I was hoping it would maybe it's just mm. a rewatch thing.
0: I'm gonna be honest I'm there was never one second that I thought this was going to be as emotional for me as Finding Nemo.
1: <laughs> is it because of the note? Can you just not? Is it the note? Were you just thinking about the no, note it, as soon as you pressed play? You were like, fucking, eventually this builds to Woody writing yeah. a fucking sticky note.
0: I want to, the, to I him. Wanna pra- I wanna praise him. I want to I wanna praise him. I cannot believe they got more than one movie out of the fact that the toys are real. I, I can't fuck. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. And the second movie, it's it's simple because second one's so good. It's kind of a heisty thing because they get replaced yeah. and they want to, you know. It's that's like cool. And then in this movie, it's kind of like that, kind of, but it's like guys they're they're toys you know and i I just like woody versus buzz in the first movie and the lines drawn in the sand of who's on whose side like that's exciting that's cool Hmm. it was the first one of these four is kind of fun because they go to this weird wonderland kind of dystopian circus kind of thing so i like and then key and peel are so funny how did they get more than one movie out of these fucking toys being real when people aren't around but then having to pretend to be dead you know they're
2: fucking clever uh, yes, God, I Jeff. have to say
0: brilliant. And they got one of the best <clears throat> casting decisions of all time is Wallace Shawn as T-Rex. Like, So the casting decisions are brilliant. You got Don Ruckles and Estelle, Par- Estelle um, Harris. That, Jeff, Jeff, did you
1: rewatch it? Yeah. That moment when they all get to Sunnyside and they're all first interacting with the toys and they're having a great moment, and it looks at Wallace Shawn and he's surrounded by the other dinosaurs and he's just... yeah. <laughs> yeah! Yeah, he's, he's just laughing. laughing. He's <laughs> so yes. happy. Yes. <laughs> so fucking good. And Ken but God, funny, Je- but oh, yeah. oh, for Jeff, sure. When I have been looking forward dinosaurs. to this conversation. So Your frustration with the premise of these movies brings me so much joy. I think about it all the time, how upset you are with the, you would have been fired from Pixar from day one. <laughs> yeah, you would, this is
2: like the first unless, idea they had. Unless I was <laughs> the,
0: I was the one they kept. I was like, we'll have one dissenting voice, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, are you sure my job's secure? Are you sure? Are you sure, guys? I mean, in writing, that my job's oh my secure. God. I'm the one to send the toys This does have here.
1: legs. I can hear you in there. What are we, we going to do after the first one? because <laughs> so I like, love like, the
0: four. idea of the first one that they that, that the toys matter more than just being. They, they really can come to life in a child's imagination. And then Ooh. they start having to expand on that. And that's really difficult. It's so hard. And the, the toys can want to fuck each other so much before you realize none of this matters. They're toys. But all the toys start partnering up.
1: Yeah, this is and there's some fun classic, like, how are they going to do new toy moments? The reveal of Ken, you know, there's some fun, really great throwbacks to all these other these Mattel properties and we all know them and it's fun watching them relate. Um, This plot also, Dave, did you feel this way? Because I don't think I have watched this in a while. I kept getting this confused with two. Because it felt in a way the idea of the prospector and now lots of lots of. Um, they felt very, very similar, and I know Pixar has a the Pixar formula and has been yeah. broken down a million times by people analyzing how they create their arcs again and again successfully in their in their sequels. But this one for me just I just don't know if it really stuck the landing and I'm not quite sure if it's because of the plot or if it's because of what I was talking about that I just personally couldn't get past the world of toys still being in this, let's face mm. it, if this guy hasn't like messed around, and done some drugs and maybe hooked up with a girl and broken some rules. And am I supposed to believe that he's done those things in that room? I just can't do it. And also, am I a shitty person for thinking that? Like, I was also like, am I growing up? Did I grow up too fast? Like, I didn't know anybody who behaved the way Andy did in his fucking little kid's room with his fucking, there weren't any posters of hot girls or hot guys, or it was all just like, it was still nine years old. In the production mm. design of the room, it was kind of strange to me. Yeah.
0: Do you love Ernest? Ernest is in this. Like that's cool. Okay, guys, we got to get into. I
1: think he had passed by this point, right? Wasn't it somebody else doing the voice of the
0: dog, or was he still alive? I don't know. Hmm. He still gets credit.
1: Deathly Hollows. Part... Uh, Deathly Hollows
0: Part Two. <laughs> so, <Sorry. laughs> I'm excited to talk about this with you. 2011. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Our final movie we're talking about the house part two job what made money in 2011 oh
1: my goodness what made money in 2011 let me just tell you about it
0: we have another <laughs>
1: michael bay property coming in with just a domestic for the for the year folks so of course these things are different number two though domestic for the year transformers dark side of the moon that is number three and i don't think i saw that one either i, I may have i may have do you guys <laughs> remember that one <laughs> Okay, no, uh, no. Twilight
0: <laughs> But again, the Twilight I've, seen, saga. I've seen all the
1: backpacks. They look great. God almighty, you guys. We are just drowning in franchise at this point. The 2000s are just... God, we just yeah. can't create original They're IP. Look at this. Number F-word. one... <laughs> Number one, *Deadly Hollows Part Two. Number two, *Transformers: Dark Side of the Moon*. Number three, *Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn*. So we're now we're into like a, a reboot of the reboot
2: of the sequels or whatever. Um, no, break, Breaking Dawn is the final book, the f- and they split it into two movies.
1: Yeah, fourth one into two movies. Harry yeah. yeah, Potter did that with stars. the seventh book, and right? they
0: all signed three movie deals. And so when they split that movie up, they all made so much
2: money.
1: Good and, and good for them and I'm glad people saw them I didn't Dude, see any of these movies I, the, but... only,
2: the only good thing about those last movies was Evil Dakota Fanning
1: Evil Dakota Fanning yeah for yeah. sure
2: good
0: for her cool best child
2: another child's.
1: franchise uh, Hangover Part 2 number 4 for the year or for you know domestically number 5 Pirates of the Caribbean um I can't see the full title it starts with an O <laughs> does anyone have on it?
0: stranger tides
1: on stranger tides. tides excuse me don't say it like you fucking memorized
2: all the titles of,
0: of no, the I, I'm, just, I'm just
2: having memories where I'm like oh how are they gonna do this without the full without the cast oh
0: my god that's <laughs> so funny Penelope Cruz Ready? got a lot of money doing
1: that yeah number six the best of this franchise but still the fifth fucking movie in a franchise fast five Coming in at number Hell six yeah. for the year. Fast and Furious, number five. Uh, seven, Cars 2. Guys, I'm literally, these are all yeah. franchises. I haven't gotten to an original one yet. Cars 2 is number seven. Number eight, Thor, which I know is the original Thor, but still, it's in the Marvel world, so I'm still going to call that part of a franchise. <laughs> number nine, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I'm still going to call it part of a franchise, mm-hmm. even though it's the beginning of this new reboot. And number 10, Captain America, first first tell me out dave first avenger did jeff knows his pirates you know that <laughs> yeah first avenger so <laughs> one through fucking ten and i'm not complaining like these are all great these are a lot of these are really really good franchise films but god damn it we are safely in franchise territory yeah, now nobody fucking now. came close to making original material and getting anywhere near these movies hundreds of millions of dollars away from their success um, they're fun though Jeff hit me
0: guys seriously I'm like blacking out listening to you saying these things you're literally shouting these franchise movies and my brain just ter- turns another switch off as you keep saying <laughs> just to, to remind figures. everybody
1: too I pitched this idea for us to do this fucking thing so we can stop talking we about superhero we literally went movies. from like Guardians
0: 2 <laughs> no. and Shazam 2 or Guardians 3 and Shazam 2 and we're like guys fault. we're done with I, this and this we've is... done we've done like f- four Star Wars four Batmans we've done like I mean, uh, we're doing really do
1: Transformers. Fuck us. Maybe we should do like the least grossing foreign, are... foreign film of the year. Oh is that the only one
2: Tune in for. <laughs> I feel like they're just Gosh. gonna be like French porn. This is. Oh. <laughs> I wish it was French <laughs> that porn. That could actually um, be a really invigorating. John, so shut up! Shut up! Don't. Say... All right, all, right, all, right, all, right, all right. Don't. T- like, don't tease us
0: with French porn, Dave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 2011 um we had multiple billion dollar movies worldwide harry potter transformers Empire, stranger tides all made a billion dollars so we're just fucking flying here the top like 14 movies all made a half a billion dollars worldwide and yes puss in boots was the first of its series the smurfs was sort of the first but they were ip in a way and yeah no original movies are anywhere near this fucking thing I wrote, thank God we don't have two Transformer movies this week. Thank you, Harry Potter, for out-earning the highest-grossing Transformers movie. <laughs> that's my takeaway from this year. Um, yeah. The uh, Oscars, you might remember this as the year you don't remember it because the artist won a lot of... Yeah, that's right, the movie The Artist. Mm. Do you remember that movie? Mi- I Michael- do remember it. which I think was a pretty fun movie. Berenice Berio. Ber- 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 fantastic actress did not win best supporting actress was denominated jean dujardin won best actor george clooney almost won for the descendants and he said i believe someone speaking french is going to be accepting that award and he was right meryl streep won her third oscar for iron lady um beating viola davis who was really in contention for that award to become the second african-american winner of that award but did not happen this year because meryl streep won for the iron lady really cheesy movie that she what movie was viola
1: Nominated
0: for. The Help, which also featured Octavia Spencer who Ooh. won.
1: Which Best is now Supporting very controversial. Actress. Looking back.
0: Sure, white director. Yeah, it makes total sense. And you also have Jessica Chastain breaking out with the help. We know who she oh, is yeah. largely because of this movie. She was so, 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 so good in this movie. Christopher Plummer wins for beginners, becoming the oldest ever winner in this uh and of an acting Oscar God, that's for a sure good movie. and I think Ewan McGregor and Melanie Laurent are fantastic with Christopher Plummer of course the way they play out all of the scenarios if you know this movie it's really really great I think it's I saw it in theaters and I was very touched I watched it again within a week it was so good it's a good one man Other Oscar movies, My Week with Marilyn. You had nominations for Michelle Williams. And, of course, Kenny Branagh playing Lawrence Olivier. You have The Descendants with George Clooney, as I said. Um, Also, Shailene Woodley really broke out this year. Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy gives Gary Oldman a nomination. And you can't forget Moneyball, guys. People, Moneyball is a really good movie. It's a sports movie, yes. yeah, man. Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill were both nominated, as was Aaron Sorkin. But fantastic movie. David Um, Sorkin. Also, don't forget about Bridesmaids, nominated for Best Screenplay. Yeah,
1: dude. I was like, yeah, get there. And Melissa
0: McCarthy is nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for fucking Bridesmaids. Probably just from when she took those 10 dogs out of the fucking bridal shower. <laughs> and she took those dogs off. God, she's so good. I also really love Albert That's right, when Nobs. she puts her
1: leg up in the airplane. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> she put, for her real-life husband. For the air marshal. <laughs> it's her real-life husband who ended up directing her in a lot of movies. When she shits
1: in the sink
0: oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <The rugby. laughs> <So good. laughs> Max von Cito is one of the oldest nominees ever too for Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close and oh, I actually shit. rewatched don't let me forget I watched Midnight in Paris last week and I forgot to mention it, Midnight in Paris wins Ooh. best screenplay and Woody Allen did not accept it not because of all the controversies, it's because he never goes to the ceremony um, Rain, uh, Rango Rango wins best animated film <laughs> A Separation wins best foreign language film from Iran, which was crazy at the time because Iranian films never made, they never broke big like that, but that was awesome. And Mm. Man or Muppet won best song from the fucking Muppet movie. And then Hugo won like all the technical awards. Mm. Um, I really don't feel like mentioning any of these movies other than- War Horse came out this year. We're we're out. Like we gotta gotta move on. Yeah, sure. No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits came out this year. The Let's Fuck but Not Date. Except we will by the end of the movie. Kind of movies came out this year: Green Hornet. Dave, you gotta love that. (laughs) That Justin Bieber, Never Say Never, directed by John (laughs) Chu. Jesus Christ. Limitless became a series, and that was um. Did we talk
1: about Green Lantern, Dave? We did, didn't we? I said Green Hornet. Green Hornet. Hornet. Yeah, Green Hornet Hornet
2: was the one where I had really chronic insomnia, and I put it on, and I lasted about half an hour. Wait, which
1: one's which? Ryan Reynolds or Green, Green, Seth Rogen? Reynolds. Green Hornet? Green Hornet is, is Seth
0: Rogen
2: <laughs> Seth Rogan.
0: Insidious came out this week. <laughs> hashtag Mark and Mark, Matt and Mark. They talked about Insidious this week. Sucker Punch, Lincoln Lawyer. Guys, we got to mention Super Eight came out this year. You've just been I'm up I'm movie, a movie about starring Ryan Reynolds minutes. and Seth
1: Rogen called Contagion. The Green Hornet. Turn. What do you guys think? <laughs> 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 I feel like that's available and ready to rock. Anonymous. Cowboys and the Aliens.
0: Jagger Shame. Whatever, man. And you know what? I can't believe it, guys. I can't believe it. They they bought a zoo. They really bought a zoo. They really did it. Yeah, I didn't watch hey, it. Hey, shut the fuck up. Who rewatched? watched Deathly Hallows Part 2. I did. I watched it. I rewatched it. Good for you. Dave, what do you think? I I just, we got two seconds yeah, Dave. to talk about it. Um oh, and I saw Margin Call, too,
2: recently. That came out this year.
0: Dave, what? Eyes of March. I mean... Dave, 50-50? Go ahead.
2: Deathly Hallows Part 2 for me, that was the culmination of, like... Now, granted, and I saw someone in their comedy routine. I saw referred to this as basically Star Wars with shitty lightsabers. Is what she made when she wrote the Harry Potter story. Oh, um, come on, and no, this is good. This is good. It's the this, same storyline. Yeah, 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 they, they took, took the this and one. turned it into a like as big a blockbuster. Because by the time they got to the sec, like this part two of this, people were going to the theater all in costume and like dressed up to the nines, and like, they, they all headed weekend. their houses and. Did
0: yeah, you I, see it opening weekend? Because I saw it Thursday
2: night. I uh, I saw, yeah, I saw, it I, saw it night. It, I saw it
0: opening weekend. Mm. John, did you see this opening weekend?
1: You guys, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't a big Harry Potter fan. So yeah, I don't even think it. I had seen all the movies. But my sister was huge. So I went with her because she was so Your excited. I went with her in huge. New York to see it. Sister was huge. Sorry, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she was huge mm. into them. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> she was not huge.
0: So I think we went...
1: Friday. I don't think it was opening night, but she went that opening weekend no, for sure. Kind of, I went with yeah. her and we saw a bunch of people in Brooklyn. Yeah.
0: Sorry, Dave, back to you. I saw that Thursday night. I mean, I just to let you know that I uh, I win this contest. Okay, Dave, back to you.
2: You do. You win. You win. Yeah. I mean, it was. I I kind of like that, like, they developed the characters to a point where, like, when the Horcruxes started to really fuck with things, like, the start of this movie is a. The whole beginning of this movie is almost a real downer. Like, yeah. I love and it. it. The it, first it, part is a whole real downer. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to watch part one
0: for fun? Why are those kids at school? Yes. Those kids, those kids are fighting, those kids are fighting to the death to protect their school while their parents stay home. What is this, fucking
2: Florida? No, it's COVID. Oh my God, dude. That is so funny. Voldemort is COVID. How do they go back to school? It doesn't, there's no sunshine for two years. Well, that's just England.
0: (laughs) It it was England, the first six movies, (sighs) too, Dave.
2: That is so funny. No, I had a great ride with this, like, because it was, they did Mm -hmm. leave it on a massive cliffhanger as such. And it was like, well, where the fuck are they going to go from here? Just the two hour movie, which is great. Yeah, Uh, I lined up up, like everyone else, and I had a fucking great time with this.
0: The rewatch or both times? Every time?
2: Uh, Most times, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever not enjoyed it. Otherwise, I stopped watching it.
0: Well, you had to watch it for the,
2: the episode.
1: I just put yeah. it on I just put it on um, a couple hours before we started watching this. And I'm not going to lie. I was, again, I was I having a really weird schedule. So I was kind of going in and out mm-hmm. of it because I was talking with other people and stuff. But I was shocked. Again, I've seen these so many times. And I was still shocked at how impressed I was with how they managed, like, the pacing mm. of this last half of the book. And, and also, just how shamelessly, but also they pulled it off, cinematic it is. Yeah. I mean, this is a very, very, very character-driven piece. And guys, correct me if I'm wrong, because, again, we were drinking a lot. But this was our number two, right, for the franchise face-off? Mm-hmm. Didn't it come down to Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings?
0: Yeah, Marvel was three, and then Mission Impossible, yeah. and then Star Wars was our order. Yeah,
1: so this was a close one. And, you know, we've celebrated and talked about just how brilliant the story is, Uh would it still and, be number
0: two for you? Uh, it doesn't matter. Sorry, keep going. And We didn't do our toys. Okay, our I'm, not, I'm, I'm, okay, not I'm not even ready. sure. Whatever. But
1: I was just so impressed with, and I was I was talking with some people the other day, some fucking, you know, some film school people, and people were kind of shitting on these last three or four movies, and I was like, I love David Yates's Harry yeah. Potter world. I think he I think he sunk in so effectively and so appropriately to the stakes and represented them and expressed them in such a real way. The the opening. Again, I was that my little, my little rant about how difficult it is to do expo- exposition, whether you like it or not, even when you're dealing with a very familiar book to movie franchise adaptation, you still have to have exposition in your movies. The way he establishes those shots, those, that master shot of the Dementors floating outside Hogwarts, mm-hmm. we know where we are. Oh, and yeah. Snape and then too. that cut uh. to that shot behind Snape uh. looking out the tower window, just like. It says everything about where the world is. And I know they left us on a cliffhanger so we, say where we know where we are. 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 Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't say where the parents are, but I was just so blown away. And I basically, I'm not going glad I didn't get to finish it, but I basically watched it up to Harry's, quote, death. Yeah,
0: you know Do you know how it ends?
1: Sure, sure. I think I know how it ends. I've seen it so many times, but... My goodness, the the emotion is just so grounded. The kids are doing such good work. The acting in this in these movies all the way through. You just get to watch them grow up, and that scene between him and the goblin is good acting. Yeah. That is a yeah. two. There are two shots in that scene. Basically, there's a shot of the kids too, but it's mostly just a medium of the goblin and a medium of Harry, and the tension and the stakes. I was just, Green they God. were just. So, I was uh, so um,
0: impressed. Grip hook, yeah.
1: I was so impressed. I'm always so impressed when I watch these. And some people might have some if ands, or buts about how they resolve it differently, a little bit differently. The set is a little bit different. I like the way they, the changes they made to it just being Voldemort and Harry at the very end, with their mm. big face-off, I like the way they covered all the battles. It really works for me. I feel every moment when Maggie Smith steps out and defends the school, uh, yep. as, re- as silly as <laughs> it is, what Jeff duty. is saying. Defend I like school. that all the kids. Yeah, I- I it becomes her. more than I've the always, school. I've
2: always wanted to do that. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that.
1: So this whole thing, <laughs> you bitch. I don't know. I, this whole thing really yeah. works for me. I think it's. I think it's great. Every and to use the Jeff O quote, I think every person in this movie is having a fucking blast. Yeah. I think everybody is enjoying. This is a culmination. Um, right before I walked in here, like I said, I finished that scene. And I, I teared up when the ghosts appeared. And when he was talking to them about, you know, is it going to hurt? I'm ready yeah. to die. Like, got me, dude. It gets me every time. It's so mm-hmm. good.
0: You know those kids that growing up, they just, they're they're really nerdy and they're really scared and shy. And they don't, no, nobody's ever looks at them. And then they grow up. To Are the, you talking the, about Andy from on, Toy on, Story 3? <laughs> and then they grow up and they and in high school they just start to get slowly more attractive and smart and then they realize people start looking at them but they can't take it seriously and then all of a sudden they realize like oh my god look where I am like I want to see Neville in college I want to see Neville in college after this he's probably such a good he's a good boyfriend man he's probably like he does well in college
2: um, he turned into like a sex icon didn't yeah he did, they, weird, well, right? they, they did the what do they look like now thing and Neville was like doesn't matter that page. heaven's dead yeah. oh
0: yeah Actually, you know what aged really well in this movie is that final scene. Because it's fucking awkward. It's weird in the book. And then it's weird. In, and you know, JK was like, I'm not doing any sequels, people. I'm fucking putting this, this, this. This is my way of saying, no, se- no, I'm done. Mm. I'm done. In a world of IP <laughs> and franchises, I'm done. This is what happens. Yeah. And then, of course, she wrote a play. And but Warner, that's, that's Warner so cool. Brothers says,
2: that's okay, we'll just reboot it. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs>
0: but not right now. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> um, no. But, um, um, but you know what's funny is, Daniel. Rad- I'm glad they didn't age them up too much because they all look good now. They almost yeah. look better now than they would, you know. And they're all like mid to late 30s, which is how they would be in this movie. Is that is that the weakest part of this movie? The end coda. It doesn't matter. It's not part of this movie. To me, it's not even part of this movie. Yeah.
1: Th- me too. I guess that's the point I was going to make. Is that it kind of it kind of doesn't matter. Even though no. I do think that a lot of people thought that was kind of a weird way to end it and.
0: I don't it's know in if the book. It worked, it's but... in the book. What are you gonna do? Not put it in the book? No, it's Maybe. it's not the know. weakest thing for me because it it's an, it's, an, it's a tipping the cat to me. And this yeah. whole movie, if you say that's the weakest part of the movie, and then you don't acknowledge the fact that the reason this, this movie gets off on a good start is you don't need any exposition. There's no exposition. So they can have these two scenes with one with Grip Hook and one with Ollivander and that's it. And it's like, mm. yes, those scenes matter differently because they still have to set this movie up. Right. You you're the one, John. You say all the time, they have to teach you how to watch the movie. So we've had many different the Christopher Columbus movies, very different from the Quran movie, which is different from the Newell movie, and then the Yates movie. They're all different. And so right away, you see Harry's not fucking around, but he's also not taking it, he's not brooding. And so it's like, we need to do this, and I'll I will I will give you what you want. I'll give you this fucking sword, whatever and and then with Ollander, Ollivander he was like okay this is it your business is over Everything's changed so this is it it's all or nothing and i feel like the way that this movie started is so brilliant seeing it in the theater there were a lot of ha- there was a lot of applause moments and a lot of that kind of stuff that yeah. uh, i remember ha- i remember being like i'm going to have to rewatch this of course cuz like when neville came out through the tunnel which is the most obvious thing ever especially if you read the book but the the, re- the i mean it was probably bigger than fucking captain america getting the hammer you know what i mean like it's probably even bigger than that and wow It was huge Thursday night. People were going fucking nuts for it. And we read the book. We knew it was coming. And an hour and 15 minutes of this two hour and five minute movie is the battle. (laughs) So it's like, I I can't believe it's so entertaining. I can't believe it is so compelling. And it's it's one of those earning things. Like, I I don't watch Return of the King the most because it's like, I need to earn that for Frodo line.
1: Yeah. And I've never, I have never done this i don't know if you guys felt the same, but i've never put on deathly hollows part two right i've always watched no. them yeah. even sequence. deathly hollows
0: part one I, i'm more likely to turn on knowing it was that still, it's a slow burn but yeah it
1: was still fun to watch like it's surprisingly fun to watch it made me just want to you know press play on number one like mm. I was really shocked out of context how well it worked I
0: started I started (laughs) the 20 just for fun I was cooking and I started the 20th anniversary thing which I've already seen I started it after this because it's like how did we get there I can't believe we did it I can't believe they did it
1: emotional dude Mm -hmm. fucking emotional so So what do you guys think no fucking Uh, contest I think it's no contest (laughs) yeah I agree too Deathly Hallows Part 2 yeah moving forward good stuff two uh, very dark films moving forward Dark Knight and Deathly Hallows Part 2 I love it wow fuck
0: yeah all right well all right what do we got next we just gussed the shit out of harry potter so that's for us (laughs) cheers guys um we're gonna get into what you've been watching here in a second but let's set up the movies for next week do you guys have the numbers up
1: I do, dude. This is again, I folks, I'm sorry if you feel like we're talking about movies we've talked about before. We are in that franchise world like there is now there is no fucking escaping. Marvel yeah. has got it's fucking stranglehold Tour on episodes. the universe for the rest of this shit. So, number 12 for 2012, take a fucking guess at what that is. The fucking Avengers rakes it in, dude. Mm. Nobody came close to them. Avengers 12, 13, Iron Man 3. I mean, there's just there's just no way around it. Iron Man three is pretty good. 14, sorry.
0: Iron Man three is pretty good. Out of out it all it is
1: no, we're, all these are good. All these are good. We're just we're just here in this world, and there's no escaping. 14, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, which is a really excellent debut, and finally number 15, not a Marvels movie, but still a fucking giant IP franchise movie, Jurassic World. So it'll be uh, Avengers versus Iron Man three. And then Guardians of the Galaxy versus Jurassic World. So we're here in Franchise City, folks. <laughs> do you miss the 90s? Do you miss yeah, right? the 80s? <laughs> we were talking about one-offs that some fucking rocked of, us. Some of the 80s.
0: Do you guys remember in uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2 when they just fucking threw the Slytherins in the dungeon and locked them up? I didn't talk about that. <laughs> I got yeah, Slytherin. I, I took the test multiple times. I got Slytherin once. And like, it's not Me so too. bad. Me too. I know I'm a Slytherin. And like, Slytherin. There's a lot of good people from Slytherin. I was like, oh yeah, then why did they lock us in the dungeons when the building was on fire? We
1: come, come a on. long way from Merlin, didn't we?
0: Yeah. All right. That's it. All right. What you've been watching? This is our final segment yeah. where we tell you what we went up to, what we've been watching. Dave, we'd love to start with you. Why don't you tell us? What are you watching? I, I finished
2: the rest of Black Mirror on Netflix. Um, oh, my God. I'm such a Fucking fan. hell, nice that team. gets weird. And fun. The, like one of the last ones is hilariously funny weird. So uh, it kind of reminded That's me funny. almost of Evil in tone, but it's set in the 70s. Um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is just going from strength to strength. The, the episode they released this week was fucking hilarious. Um, yeah. And we are still working our way through the X-Files. We're up to season three. Damn.
1: Nice dude. Yeah, X Files is so good.
2: Three Peaks,
1: Dave. You've seen it before, right?
2: Yeah. Not giving any
1: spoilers too hardcore away, but there's the end towards the end of four when they make their way Mm. to a place and they see something. There's, I feel like there's, that's where it kind of started changing for me. I don't know if the showrunner changed, but yeah, got the first four or five seasons of
2: that are just yeah. Because after five, they were leading up to the movie. I want
1: to believe. All right. Um, for me, I had a crazy movie week and I saw everything I'm about to say I saw on the big screen. Um, so my Tarantino movies I saw for a class, I got to see Jackie Brown and then Pulp Fiction Ugh. Part One. Fucking incredible on the big screen. I haven't seen those in a while. And then 70 millimeter screenings here at the American Cinematheque in Santa Monica for their 70 millimeter festival over the summer. This week I saw 2001, Ugh. Paul Thomason Anderson's. The Master. Jesus. Uh, Sam Peckinpah's The Wild Bunch. And then last night, we saw Lawrence of Arabia. How do you fucking real
0: How do you have a social life? How, how is your... Uh, that is social do, life. We felt no, like we do. were just going back
1: and forth to movies this week. It was a it was a heavy hitter, but I'm glad we did it. That was really, really, really cool. Very enthusiastic crowds, as you can imagine. I had never seen The Wild Bunch. Holy crap, that movie was awesome. You guys yeah. should watch that if you've never seen it. I had never seen it. So good. So cool.
0: All right, Jeff. So my family was in... Pa- was in paris and in france last week and my significant other's a really big midnight in paris fan and also loves paris so we watched we did nice. a rewatch of midnight in paris and that was cool and i started reading yeah, the sun also rises that was fucking cool and sun also I... rises
1: That's my favorite Hemingway. hell yeah Are you dude. doing
0: it yeah man it's not what i expected i don't know why i read the old man of the uh, sea yeah I'm sure I read some yeah things but man <laughs> and then um i saw mission impossible dead reckoning part one Worth I would say the wait.
1: Is, we're ready to, Should I? Should I be super pumped? Am I excited? I'm it's,
0: excited. It's funny, I, and I saw it with my brother, and it's funny because we both. He said it before I said it. He's like, "It's a great popcorn flick," and I was like, "You're right. That's it." And and the reviews are. Afterward, I didn't oh, look no, at anything before the, I saw it. It's the kind
2: of movie John's going to watch part one of by mistake.
0: <laughs> About years from now, when we're reviewing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on. I looked at some of the reviews afterwards because I thought the same thing too. Where I was like, "It's a. It was really fun, really entertaining." But, like, nothing about it, like, gripped me afterwards. It's not like I was I went to bed, like, thinking about it. And so I I looked up, and a lot of
2: things, they were saying, like, the plot is paper
0: thin. Now, you guys don't know the plot of the movie, but it's... I mean, if
2: you wake up at 3 a.m. and Tom Cruise is gripping you, it's going to be like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck just happened? Mm. Yeah, Scientology... Somebody out there there is really
0: into that, though. Somebody um, wants that to happen. There's some AI themes and some (laughs) global world domination kind of themes. But since they... Ditch the rest of the franchise, sort of. They brought in some elements that are useful to this, but it does feel like there. It's a refresh, It's a, it's like a restart in a way.
1: Oh shit! Really?
0: It yeah. feels like it to me. I mean, it's there's stuff that they've talked about before, but if you if you didn't wow. watch the previous movies, it's almost like they knew. It's almost like they were like, let's just like if people didn't come in. And I really feel like the things they're talking about are on the scale of the world. Like if if this doesn't happen, then the world will be blank. But it's also so simple. That it doesn't have that spy heist thriller mystery as much because the the details like okay we need to have this exchange happen a certain way oh no this exchange is happening differently, but the grand scheme of things you pretty are pretty simple and pretty obvious that it's like that doesn't change so I feel like the fact that the overall objective is so simple and straightforward the smaller details don't matter as much so therefore mm. it's like it's an but it's an it's really entertaining it's really fun. But it's not going to leave you wanting more. And
1: that's because this is part one of two, isn't, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and, and where they're going is going to be really fun too, but I'm not worried. Would you go
1: out on a limb and say that like three to seven are their own world and two and one and this and part two will be different, ele- you know, different. You know what I mean? Sections I I of would the be, franchise. I
0: don't know if I'd be so specific about it. I think four and I think five and six, especially, the back to back is so tense and so dark and so yeah, Sean, the Sean so Harris emotional. character is so it's so emotional. This one's not as emotional, even though we're talking about those stakes of the world. It's just not oh. as it's just not as emotional to me. Maybe you'll disagree. Mm. Maybe you'll disagree. But it's funny right. because it has like a ninety-nine percent and the critics are like, it's amazing. But the plot is thin, and it's like weird that it has a ninety-nine percent mm. and those other reviews. And I think I agree. Mm. I think I agree. But it's really fun and it's worth it. And the effects are awesome. There you go. Fun and two hours and forty movies. minutes went. Four, two hours and forty minutes went pretty quick. It, went, it, it did. I took a break to get beer, and that's and, and AMC is really fucked up. Two that's different impressive. times, I was stuck behind people that needed the manager and 15 minutes and it's like guys we're, they're getting popcorn and beer like I don't know why the manager takes 10 minutes like McDonald's would have this shit figured out in two seconds AMC needs Was to there's... hire people from fast food restaurants I don't <laughs> understand why it's so complicated
1: you guys need to stop going to fucking AMC Times Square I feel like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like this place has let you down they do one, not have four, it together. 13, 14 too many times I mean
0: Christ. this one there are three of them and they just ordered fucking popcorn and beer and some candy and 10-15 and minutes of them trying to talk to managers and it's like guys just give them the fucking popcorn just comp Who gives a shit? Get out of here. Yeah. Thanks, guys, so much for a good conversation today. Can't wait to talk about some more IP next week in yeah. week nine of our summer blockbuster face-off. Anything else before we go? Nope. Till next time, Phil cool Thanks.